Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast, Episode 6, Designer Series, Part 1. My name is Steve, and here we have Kevin. Hey, guys. Jeff. How's it going? And a special guest, Kevin Matusek. Hello, friends. Uh, just so we don't get confused, we're going to refer to our Kevin as Kev, and then Kevin Matusek for Kevin, so we don't. the audience doesn't also get, uh, our listeners don't get confused, too. Uh, so let's just start off with... Some parts, uh, some questions for Kevin to kind of get to know him more for folks that don't know him. Uh, let's see here. So tell our, tell our listeners some stuff about you, Kevin. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm a coal miner in Ohio. Uh, actually, I'm an electrician there, uh, and I like to fly airplanes. Cool. Wow, coal miner. Mining, yeah. I had no idea. I'm going to yeah, throw my, my political um, viewpoint in. I thought Obama put a stop to all that coal mining. He's <laughs> trying really, really hard. So uh, how long have you been flying, Kevin? Uh, four and a half, five years now. Okay. I actually got started flying right about the same time flight test. Oh, uh, nice. Started. Oh, that's nice. cool. Yeah. So were you into flight tests like right off the bat? Like did you – is that what you got – what got you into flying or <clears> – <throat> No, I've been in RC for a lot of years. Probably when I was about 12 or 13 years old, I had a uh, Tamiya Hornet. Nice. I remember and, them. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a grasshopper. And, uh, yeah, the Hornet was just a, a step up from that. It had the mm -hmm. oil filled shocks and a little different body. Yep, yep. But I think it had a bigger motor. Uh, Wasn't it just a 540 size, you know? Yeah, yeah, regular 540 cans. can. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, brushed motor. Cool. Uh, so I'm running that around the yard, and my dad, who was a coal miner also, worked with. Uh, a friend of his, and he had an RC track that he had built. Oh, sweet. And uh, on the weekends, they would race there. So he was always on my dad about, you need to get that boy out here. You need to get that boy out here. You mm -hmm. know? Uh, so one, one weekend, I tried it, and I was hooked. Well, needless to say, the Hornet wasn't really what race quality. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't very long before I was upgrading and, and different things, and I finally ended up with an RC-10 Graphite. Uh -huh. Oh, I remember those. I had an RC-10, too, but mine was the uh, the orange aluminum frame. Yeah, the aluminum tub. Mm -hmm. They were, like, yeah. super fast, weren't they, those things? No. It's no. I tell you what, uh, I had mine up until about two years ago. I finally sold it on eBay, but I put a, a brushless motor and a LiPo in it, and it was just nuts. Really? I, wow. I, I, don't, I can't believe the transmission stayed together, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Were those all-wheel drive? No, just rear. Oh, okay. Uh, and the original transmissions had uh, six gears in them. You had the differential on top, and then each set of gears was independent of each other, so your differential would work. It was really a weird design, but it worked well. Yeah. Yeah, I had a Falcon, and I remember racing with, with the local club, and I remember the RC-10s being like what you strive to get, you know, what you. but I don't remember why they were so special. Yeah, you know, those were the days of the, of the NICADs. Yeah, and, right. Uh, the classes were easy then because – Basically, it was based on the battery. You could do anything you wanted, but the, the battery was, was the key point. You could use any tire you wanted, any gearing you wanted, any motor you wanted. The problem was if you ran out of battery, the races were four minutes long. Wow. So you had to run four minutes without burning it up <laughs> or, or without going dead. Because if you're dead, dead, I mean, no matter how fast you are, people yeah. are passing you. 
right. so that was that was the key you know you, you always had to find that sweet spot and we were measuring tire circumference and gear ratios and hey what's your final and you know, this guy would tell right off some number this is my final and then but he's doing pretty good so i gotta try to get to his final and, and that may not work for you you know it was mm-hmm. it was uh that was a good time i remember my rc10 being way slower than my grasshopper and i don't know really? if it was like um, the motor I had in it, or or I don't know, maybe it was. I think I had. Did I have a mechanical ESC? No, I definitely yeah. had a mechanical ESC in the grasshopper. Yeah, I don't mechanical. remember. I think it was also in the RC10, and I think it was because the tub was so heavy compared to like a plastic, you know, tub or plastic frame, that it just didn't seem like it performed very well. And you know, I I didn't really give it that much uh, time before I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna you know shelf this and get something else, and then got into like trucks and stuff. Yeah. So when I went to college, I didn't have the time or the money for that anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, for no other reason than not having time or money, I got out of the hobby. Well, and you're not getting a lot of girls with that either, too. Right? That, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. They weren't exactly knocking down my door. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And of course, I had a girlfriend at the time, so she really cut into the RC time also. But, mm-hmm. um, so after I had some kids and my son got uh, old enough to, to get interested in cars again, uh, we got the cars back out. And there was still some people in the area who had some tracks. And uh, matter of fact, the guy that uh, I started racing with still had a track and still was racing after all them years. Wow. Uh, so me and my son got back in it. And at that point, I had no intention of, of airplanes at all. I didn't. That was the least thing that I was even worried about. In fact, people had said, hey, why don't you get in airplanes? Because a lot of the guys that race cross over into airplanes, right. especially especially in the winter months, because we do a lot of indoor racing here. Mm-hmm. So when it's too cold and, and bad to, to fly, whatever, you, you race cars. Uh, but that's, I don't want to mess with that stuff, you know, because it's crazy expensive and a, an airplane is three or $400 and you, you crash it and it's a bunch of toothpicks. And, right. And, you know, it just it didn't seem like something I really wanted to get into. About what year are we talking about? Uh, this had to be six years ago, five, six years ago. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So... Then I'm just watching YouTube. I do a lot of that, and I ran across RC flight test Daniel. Have you guys seen him? No. He is a he's a young kid. He lives out in Utah, and he has a plane called the Slow Trainer, and his is made out of Depron, but you can easily make it out of Dollar Tree foam board. Oh, nice. Uh, so I ordered the Depron and uh, downloaded his PDF plans, and uh, he had a little little PayPal donation thing and i think i donated five bucks to him or something and i built it and uh it's i'll tell you what if you're looking for a trainer something for a kid or uh, uh something to learn on and you don't want to spend a bunch of money it's two dollars it's two sheets of foam and about 20 or 30 dollars with electrics and it's just as graceful and smooth uh and we still fly them um there's a a, a fella on YouTube, you can search him. It is, I got some notes here, Raptor Tech. He calls it the fish. It's a okay. Dollar Tree, it's a Dollar Tree foam board. We've actually taken the wing off the fish and put it on the, uh, the slow trainer and we call it a slow fish now. <laughs> nice. Uh, it, Cause it's, it's a profile plane and the, it, the original slow trainer has a, a dihedral wing in it, mm-hmm. which works just fine, but the slow fish has polyhedral in it. So, okay. It's a little easier to build, a little stouter wing, and we actually uh, fly the snot out of them. We, we find ourselves flying in the evenings. I fly with a small group of guys. We don't fly at a club. Uh, so we'll fly in the evening in the summertime until it gets dark, and then we'll start pulling planes out to have lights in them. Nice. Uh, cool. LEDs, and we do a lot of that. 
And so what, the, ty- what type of field do you fly out? Is it, you know, someone's backyard or basically, farm? Uh, there's two or three places we fly, but most of them are like baseball parks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Watching your videos, fields. I think it's like a baseball park with like some kind of construction thing. Yeah, that's uh, my my local, just 500 feet from my house field, which nice. is pretty handy. Oh, jeez, yeah. that'd be uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice because you can build something, make a change on something, and walk down, and there you go. You know. Mm-hmm. But okay. uh, but they're real nice. You can put landing gear on them, and you can take off with them, and land with them, and taxi them, and they're real graceful and floaty and. I uh, trained my my kids to fly on them, and like I said, we still fly them. They're they're a great plane. Now, are they pusher style or are they tractor? They're tractor style? prop, tractor okay. prop, and you and you can run a blue wonder on them. You can run a uh, a four hundred size motor. They're real forgiving. You can run three S, two S. Wow, nice! I'll have to check those out. But getting back to the original uh, plane from RC flight test out of Depron, uh, my problem was I was learning to fly by myself, with no supervision whatsoever, mm-hmm. just myself. And once you got it in the air, you didn't know what to do with it. Right. You know, because, you know, if you're flying away from yourself, left is left and right is right. And as soon as you'd make a 180 and come back, right is not left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it takes a lot of muscle memory to, to get that. Uh, and I well, tried I tried putting different color uh, tape on the wing so I think, okay, the green wing is the right one. But right. I find myself not making the connection fast enough in my head, not taking the time going, okay, that's the right wing, and if I push the stick this way, it makes this movement. Mm-hmm. By that time, I was into the ground. I'm sure that, um, you know, doing the RC cars, especially on a racetrack, like, you kind of, you know, picked that up quickly, though, no? Yeah, yeah, I, I, did, I, I picked it up quickly. The problem was with an RC car, if you let off the gas and you let go of the sticks, it stops. Sure, <laughs> yeah. You don't have gravity trying to pull you back to the earth, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so I probably got three or four good flights on that plane, and then I find myself trying to do loops with it. I just wanted to progress that next step that much faster. And needless to say, I folded the wings on it. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. So looking on YouTube again, I found a guy who had a, a wing, and I wish I remember the guy's name. He's he's an older fella. He's not on there much anymore. But it was a KFM2 style wing and it had a big step in it. Mm-hmm. Well, that looks like that flies good. I'll fly that. Well. <laughs> If anybody's learned to fly, a wing is not the thing to learn on. So I actually got frustrated, and I stopped in the middle of summer. I'm done. This is too much. I'm done. <laughs> and then the following summer, my race buddy, his family bought him a, a, a Stratus for Christmas, a Firebird Stratus. Okay. okay. Uh, and I'm driving out past the field we fly at. He's out there flying it, you know. So I go over, and that's Tom. Uh, oh, Tom, Tom, the guy I forgot to say, sorry, I called you Tim. That was yeah, the first thing Tom. I wanted to say. Uh, sorry. So Tom's, sorry, Tom's Tom. flying this, this Stratus, and I said, hey, uh, how's it going? He said, oh, pretty good. I said, how long have you been flying that? He said, this is my, my third flight. Oh, I said, uh, when are you going to land it? He said, I don't know. I've never landed it. <laughs> I said, how can you have three flights and not land? He said, well, it gets to the ground, but it's not pretty. So... Uh, long story short, we, I started building slow trainers again out of Dollar Tree foam board. Okay. Uh, until we got the hang of it. And then we started more things. And then, you know, at that same time, we're watching flight test. And, uh, I think the Spitfire was one of the first real planes I, I flew. Uh, actually put landing gear on it and took off and, mm-hmm. and landed with it. And I'm, I was still really green. I was still learning, you know. And then it just kept going from there. And then we all, it always had the, 
you always had the planes that that flight test did or that you could get plans from from like RC groups or something and then you had a different set of planes that that were like concept planes hey I wonder if you put a wing like this on this kind of plane what that would do and I really found myself doing a lot of that nice so you were into uh, changing the stuff around right off the bat then yeah yeah changing wings wings around and trying different things that's cool that's a different route than uh most people would go yeah. i actually don't fly anything uh store-bought um my wife bought me and our wives i'll say our wives bought tom and i we call them the christmas plane and it's a, a balsa build it's a uh super cessna okay and uh i've flown it once and tom hasn't flown his at all <laughs> and that was two christmases ago uh, and the reason is is because i know i do stupid stuff I, I know that I'm going to f- want to fly upside down a foot off the ground. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. <laughs> and it, if, when a $5 foam airplane, if I hit the ground, so what? Yeah, we're all laughing, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if For a $200 balsa plane, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But didn't you guys have – you guys were out at Neff, or I know Tom was. Um, yeah, we were, we were there both years. Okay. Yeah, so you guys had a um, – you guys had a foam plane that you pulled all the paper off, too, right? I, I remember Tom flying something like that. Tom's got a gnat. Like yeah. a high wing plane? Um, that's that slow trainer that you're talking about. Okay. That high wing plane is that slow trainer. Yeah, I remember him flying that around. And that's his thing. He's always trying to make something lighter. And, uh, oh. you know, he's, he's pulling the paper off of stuff and trying to make get rid of the weight. And the problem with Dollar Tree and foam board is if you take the paper off, you lose a bunch of strength. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and unless you're going to sacrifice carbon spars or something like that. And a lot of times it's way more difficult to build something like that. And you still end up with the same amount of weight time. You figure the glue and the carbon spar and everything else. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how you would get the curvature of the wing without the paper on it to like keep it stiff, you know? Well, we were working with uh, KF foils for a long time. Mm-hmm. KF2 and KF3 and KF4 airfoils trying to do that route. And they work well. Uh, I just found myself getting away from them only because after uh yeah at the, at, the, at the same time i was beginning to fly i was watching uh uh ed from experimental airlines yeah love yeah. ed yeah and he's got the uh arm and wing and after you see him build an arm and wing there's no really need to go back to a kf airfoil unless i mean unless the aircraft is specifically designed around that or you have some kind of build technique you're trying to do right you know what i mean yeah, I, I've found that the KF wings tend to need a little speed. They don't glide that well at all. Yeah. 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 Once yeah. you get out of the throttle, they kind of fall all the air. Yep. So uh, what would you say is your favorite plane, obviously besides your own? Uh, if I've, I've usually got a couple of Vigans sitting around. Nice. Nice. Lightweight or EDF? You know what? I, I built the EDF, and mm-hmm. I actually I had two of them. And they're nice, but they're a novelty, I think, anyway. Uh, how so I, I can I get more performance out of a like a 2600 uh, 350 400 size motor with a 6 inch prop on it and a 3 cell I can go vertical forever I can stand on its prop anywhere I want uh, I just have way more torque way more punch sure yeah uh, definitely get more thrust out of don't, a bigger don't know. have as much uh, weight I mean, you don't have to pull a mm-hmm. four, cell, 4 cell round yeah, but EDF sounds so cool. <laughs> they do sound cool, and uh, you know, I uh, guess that's the novelty part. <laughs> uh, See, that's but, interesting because I'd like to try that. Now you mentioned that. Yeah, t- uh, 
if you're going to try it, the thing to do is, you, you know, the uh, the piece that's on the plans that no one uses, that's actually the back plate that you put a power pot on. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the way to do that. Okay. Be- because if you use uh, like a, a FT uh, essentials, like motor mount, the, the yeah. balsa wood ones or the plywood ones, mm-hmm. you don't have enough surface area there for that torque of that motor and it'll come loose after a couple of flights. Oh, really? Oh, okay. If you build a power pod and put that piece in the back that's notched out for the power pod, it doesn't go anywhere. It's really stout. Nice. I'm actually thinking about putting a bigger motor in mine and a bigger battery. I just want, I want that thing to scream, <laughs> like a 90 millimeter or something. It's it's way faster with, with the prop than it is the, mm-hmm. the uh, EDF. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that Um, when I went from a 5-bladed EDF to a 12-bladed, I actually lost a, quite a bit of performance. It sounded cooler, but performance-wise, it wasn't there. And I think that's part of the reason why I want to just kind of go bigger or go home kind of deal. Yeah. Now I, I do I do like the lightweight version of the uh, Vegan also. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of fun, especially uh, like at Neff. We had a couple in there at Neff last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. saw a couple flying around, and, uh, and one kid was just killing it with this. Yeah, but uh, they're when you make them that light, they just float. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that were doing the they were doing the quick like loops, like real quick. Probably. Yeah, I wonder if he had. Um... Differential thrust on not differential um, vector thrust, you know to how FT has that you know. Oh right, yeah. A little kit that. You the only problem with, with 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 the Blue Wonder when you do that, you you start adding more weight and you start defeating the purpose. Mm. Uh, so you just fly planes. You don't do any multi rotors or helis. No, I've got some multi rotors too. Oh nice. What do you got? What, you FT stuff or custom? A lot of custom. Uh, I've actually got a hexacopter frame that I'm this I'm looking at right now that I've got to put motors and speed controls on. Okay. It's it's actually a uh, uh, the frame is made out of uh, HDPE. Oh really? Quarter inch HDPE, uh, and I've got to put a carbon spar across the bottom of it to support it because it's a little flexy. Yeah, I was but, about to say yeah. But I've actually designed a uh, Dollar Tree foam board fuselage to go on top of it. Oh really? Uh, it's kind of going to look like the Raiden in the front with the camera. Uh-huh. Uh Mount. Okay, that's cool. You guys, you got to pull some pics. I will. I don't have it together yet, but I definitely will. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin, what is HDPE? Is that wood or is that a metal? It's plastic. It's plastic. It's plastic. Okay. A lot of stuff is made out of HDPE. It's like uh, high density polyethylene or something like that. Well, yeah. Uh, mustard bottles, Walmart bags are made out of HDPE. Uh, okay. It's a real forgiving. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Crash Cast. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Crash makes his. Uh, uh, OPQ that it's made out of HDPE, one okay. piece. Out of Walmart bags? No, that's yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of them. Yeah, just a, a lot, lot of them. Aired up. <laughs> There's actually a lot of videos on YouTube of uh, people finding HDPE, uh, different things, uh, mustard mm-hmm. containers and milk jugs and that kind of stuff, and they they cut it into little chunks and then put it in their oven and make whatever out of it. You know, yeah, I was that... at I was at the home the Home Depot. Um, I got a shed I've been working on, and I was trying to come up with a way of covering up the doors from the weather, like because the doors are got low low tolerance and stuff. So I found this stuff that was like eighth inch thick plastic. I don't know what it is, but I haven't messed around with it yet. But I I said, you know what? You could actually make a Versa wing out of this stuff, real simple, just by wow. by either you know putting it on the foam the dollar tree foam board first and then folding it over but yeah it was it was in four by eight sheets and it was like 
$19, I think, for a sheet. I got some stuff left over from, uh, you know, after I I did the doors. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mess around with it and see what I. You can should work, experiment. But, it could be a great uh, building. Yeah. Material. I, I don't know if it's HDPE. I don't know what it is. All I know is, Gorilla Glue stuck it right to the wood doors, and <laughs> it worked out really well. Have you uh, messed with the Ross uh, foam board yet? No, the Ross stuff is that. I don't. That's I don't the know. from Walmart. It's a uh, twenty yeah. by thirty by three sixteen. So it's like eighty eight cents a sheet. Mm-hmm. And Walmart never has it. Yeah, I only see the Elmers usually there. Yeah, I've uh, got I I bought some Elmers early on when I started building stuff, and I didn't like it too much. But no, that, it's too heavy. That too raw heavy, stuff yep. sounds like what you use, Steve, for the mini, um, the mini guinea. Maybe that's what that is. Is it real but, brittle? Um, not brittle, but it's very thin and like it creases in an instant. Like the Rust Park stuff is is way brittler than Dollar Tree foam board. No, oh, okay. Uh, it mills better. It's mm-hmm. brighter white. The paper doesn't. Uh, delaminate like Dollar Tree foam board does. It's actually a superior paper. Uh, okay. It must be the way they glue it. Yeah. Uh, but the foam is more brittle. If you if you crash, and I always crash, mm-hmm. uh, the plane doesn't take that crash as well with Ross Park, so I've, I've stopped uh-huh. using it. Yeah, I know that when you ship the uh, the Raiden to me, I think one or both sides of the, the packing foam ones were the Ross board. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just stuff I had left for extra and i thought that'd be good packing material Mm -hmm. so kev you have that now (laughs) yeah all right so uh guys what have you guys been up to this past week um i know we did a kind of a two week or three week late christmas exchange so we can kind of go over what we got for each other and you know go over that i'll go first real quick because if you're if our listeners are listening right now and you hear my headset or my voice over this headset sounds much better. It's because I got this really kick-ass headphones mic gamer set, I guess. I'm not really sure what it's called. But I see HyperX on the real remote thing here. It's the Kingston SoundCloud HyperX 2. Yeah, SoundCloud. Cloud. I did see Cloud on the package. But I got to say, I, went, I mean, I, I took some pictures of the uh, unboxing and stuff. This headset... I don't know what it cost, but like the packing was amazing. Can like, you believe just, that packaging? Yeah, the fit and finish of the packing. You, you basically slide this box outside the sleeve of the the outside, and then like the top part comes off, and then you just see the headphones with the extra ear cushions and the little remote, and and the you know, and then you pull this little bottom piece out, and there's like a like this. I don't know what material it is. It's almost like a neoprene wicking material that like I have in my motorcycle backpack like it's weird but uh it comes with that bag you put the headphones in there um but besides the packing and all that stuff the quality of the the headphones is it's amazing i'm i'm blown away by it so uh thank you guys for that that was freaking awesome nice all right let's see uh jeff you want to go what'd you get sure well thanks to you guys i got forced into the world of edf flying um i had about time <laughs> many, many seasons enjoying watching you guys uh fly your vigans um scared to death of uh building my own and trying to fly that thing um well now i have to thanks to you guys <laughs> guys got me the uh ft kit uh which i definitely will trace out um as long as it was with the uh grace and hobby power package 
So I'm I'm pretty psyched. Thank nice. I'm nice. actually building a raid in around that pack package. Oh really? Cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I I've been talking to Kevin about it. I'm like, hmm, can I fit an EDF in this plane? So I just I I, I don't know. I'm, you ins- I'm you you inspired me, so, so now now I have to build one. Nice, great. Uh, so Kev, what did you get for Christmas? Uh, you guys had got me that I'm. I think I even mentioned it on the podcast a few times that uh, we we're talking about the dragonfly and mm-hmm. stuff I'd like to get for it. And <laughs> when I went to Christmas party, I got my uh, my company got all of us GoPros. So I said, now I can get that GoPro gimbal. That's what you guys had picked up for me. No kidding. Was the GoPro yeah. gimbal. Yeah, and uh, awesome. And a hot glue gun because they know I like the hot glue stuff <laughs> yeah and yours was a little bit beat up i mean bringing it to the field all the time and it's like grass permanently stuck on it and <laughs> yeah but uh, that one probably stay in my, my yeah my tool case because i think it's the smallest one i have and it's it works pretty good yeah but now this one you can use at home and it's a nice you know hefty four finger trigger one like it's it's diesel it's nice yeah yeah <laughs> so thanks guys yeah and Jeff and I were talking about that uh, gimbal mount way before we even started the podcast. Because as soon as you told, well, not way before I should say, as soon as you told us that you got that GoPro, I'm like, that's gonna be your Christmas gift. And every time you talked on the show, Jeff would come to me like, should we tell him so he doesn't get it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, nah, nah, nah. Let's let's just let's just go for it, you know. So so I'm kind of glad that you didn't uh, buy it on your own. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, geez, that would have probably been way down the road because I'm still working on that that dragonfly. Yeah, we need to get ours uh, flying again for sure. I was cleaning up things downstairs, and I found the Nays board and my uh, on-screen display. The uh, oh, OSD. OSD, yeah. OSD, I got a yeah, uh, minimum OSD. OSD, that's it, yeah. Nice, yeah, let me know. I have the uh, programmer for that. Oh, okay. Um, that FTDI programmer USB thingy. So when you want to reflash it and get it set up, let me know. Cool. So besides Christmas gifts, uh, what have you guys been up to uh, during the week? Let's start with Kevin here. I mean, yeah, Kevin. I've been cutting out airplanes. Nice. <laughs> uh, I've got. I've sold a few this week. Um, so I shipped one out last. So a week ago today. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a fellow in Columbus, and I shipped it uh, just the same way I shipped yours. Uh, but when it got to him, it looked like a tiger attacked it. Oh, really? I, I think it got stuck in a sorting machine. Ah. Uh. Yeah, so it ripped it up pretty good. And he uh, he actually uh, sent me a message, and he said, uh, "Wife said it it came and it's on the porch, but it looks like a tiger attacked it." He said, and then he sent me pictures of it. It was tore pretty bad. Wow. Uh, so I had cut another one to replace that for him. Um, and I've actually got a claim into the postal service because it was insured. So we'll see how that goes. And then right now I'm working on a prime jet. Oh, what's that? Um, it's the little, uh, foam Ford swept canard wing. If you can believe that, uh, <laughs> plane that's on the flight test page. Uh, Ben, uh, Warren, I think his name is, uh, is building it. Uh, he got it from, uh, an RC groups forum post. He, he's building a, he built a little one. Now he's building a great big pink, uh, installation foam one. Okay. Uh, looks pretty neat. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Um, I'm, I'm making a little one. I'm going to take the paper off of it, and hopefully I'll have it ready for Neff, But How cool. little? What's the wingspan you think is going to be on that? About 22 inches. Oh, okay. Oh, that would be perfect for Neff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to bring for Neff. I don't really... 
have any ideas. We'll see. I got I to gotta get ready for that, too. I, I'm bringing a full-size Raiden with uh, the smaller electronics in it, and it'll fly real slow. And then a couple 30-inch Raidens and a couple slow trainer, trainers. Mm-hmm. And probably this prime jet. I always bring way more than I can fly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Jeff, what have you been up to? Well, um, had a good time flying with you guys this weekend. It was pretty chilly, though. I, I was very surprised. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Pretty hard as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, took the twisted hobbies out a bit. Uh, tried to fly my uh, FMS uh, Stearman that I got from my sister last year for Christmas. Um, but it it appeared that it was tail heavy. But in reality, um, I needed to adjust the elevator because it, it was just out of whack even uh, with the trim all the way down. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing it. It was kind of like just pitched up. Um... Yeah, I, I was lucky to get position. that back down. Yeah, <laughs> twice. I think I have a, I have a video of it, so maybe post it. Yeah, yeah, but I have it in the garage on the bench, so I'm gonna take care of that this week and nice. bring it with me next time because that that uh that runway that we have there is just great for that type of plane. Yeah, yeah, you took off like a champ, but then once you got up there, it just was dragging the tail like at a forty five degree angle. Yeah. It looked like. Yeah, and he got it back down both times too, which is Yeah. Pretty awesome. Also I think I think you need to add some expo on your ailerons because it was just like one way, the other way, one way. So I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh Kev, how about you? What you been up to? No, we did some flying. Yeah, like Jeff said. Um was out there Let's see, what did I bring? I brought a bunch of stuff. I don't think I, I, I flew my little 180 heli. I didn't fly either one of my uh, other helis. The, I brought the Oxy and the Goblin, but it was so freaking cold. I was so worried that I was going to dumb thumb something bad. Like, yeah. uh, so I, I was like, you know what? And then it started snowing, like, what, towards the end of the day when we were out there. But yeah. uh, we got to fly the, um, I'm going to fly some stuff. I smashed a Vigan up. Not too bad, but smashed it up uh, trying to land with those landing gear. I think I'm going to be working on a different one, though. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely add add some reinforcement. Or I would even, like, cut into the foam and just kind of glue it inside, like, a, a little cavity just well, so I, I can support it better. I think I'm going to try doing the retract stuff that I wanted to do. But that's going to Oh, yeah? Well. Yeah. Oh, nice. Like, real retracts or, like? kind of make your own type of retract the ones that shoot off when you take off into into the air they just like shoot out <laughs> kevin's aren't the real like retracts? one time only yeah like a carriage they're the fake retract i don't know what you're talking about real retracts you know you can kind of like take a servo and push out and kind of make your own type of deal oh oh i'm gonna try those i'm gonna try the ones that i got from Hobby King because they rotate like ninety degrees and they were they were pretty cool, um, but in the front I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm gonna have to come up with something. You yeah. need a skateboard. You need to take off on a skateboard and try <laughs> to land on the same skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. All right. Um, I guess I'll go. Um, yeah. So I flew. I flew Friday and Sunday. Um, you know, Friday was kind of uh, more of a 
I don't know. It wasn't really anyone out at the field. There was only a couple of folks at the field. I probably put like 20 packs through the uh, uh, FT Mini Guinea. And then I went to go uh, fly the Goblin 570. The, and for some reason, I was having some issues with it. Uh, the Icon Flybarless unit wasn't initializing, wasn't booting up. And, you know, had a couple, you know, heli friends there and no one could really figure out why we tried, re, you know, replugging everything in and everything. So it wouldn't boot up. Um, later that day, I got, you know, when I got home, I plugged it into the laptop to see what's going on with it. And all my settings were reset. Like the receiver type, everything was reset. Um, I flashed the firmware and it came back and it was working fine. Every All my settings were back and everything looked okay so on sunday um i remade in that and it flew fine um but i think just because it was really cold and and just knowing that something went weird with it i really didn't have that much confidence in it i mean i put the flight up on facebook and on youtube and you know i mean i still like flipped it and went inverted and tiktoked it but it was just like in the back of my mind i'm just thinking oh no i'm gonna I'm going to crash. <laughs> I'm going to crash this thing because I don't trust this thing, you know. But um, besides that, I actually got a chance to um, maiden the flight test Bushwhacker. Uh, that was a great plane. That was fun to fly. Uh, was I kept on saying in a video that it was tail heavy. I don't know why. I, I'm, I'm backwards sometimes. But uh, it was definitely nose heavy. It was extremely nose heavy. Um, I had the battery pushed up all the way front because that's where I thought it's CG right from the the marks on the wings, but um, it was, yeah, it was extremely nose heavy. I had to put a lot of, I don't know, up or down elevator, down elevator, I guess, to, to keep it level and down trim. Is that how you rotated your landing gear? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll get to that. So, but on the maiden, that was good. You know, everything was fine. Um, in the video, I'm like calling out moves, trying things, you know, to see how it harriers and hovers and, and how inverted was was going. So all that stuff was pretty good. I think it was a pretty good maiden. Um, I also maidened uh, Kevin's Matusix Raiden. Great looking plane in the air. It's it's a cool bird. Um, if I think my power setup is just a little bit too weak, and I keep on, I think I kept on saying anemic in the video, <laughs> which I forgot <laughs> to hit record when uh, Kev tossed it in the air. So I only got it like after I did a lap or two. Um, so I might post it for you, Kevin, to check out, but I probably won't make it public. Okay. Do a, a proper remade in where, you know, do the takeoff and everything. Hey, did, did you have to trim it much? Um, I had to give it a bit of down elevator. It was uh, it was pitching up quite a bit. Is it down? No. It was pitching down quite a bit. So I had to kind of, you know, level up the elevator a little. Um, after that, um, I think maybe a click or two of right trim on ailerons. I'm, I'm not very good with setting control surfaces evenly <laughs> so you know a couple of clicks on the trim um and then it was fine it was real windy out too though yeah it was, was pretty it? windy so definitely into the wind felt like it was really slow going but uh it flew it flew fine i mean i think for fpv the speed that it's going at it would be more than i can handle currently at my fpv skill level but um i'm definitely gonna try either a bigger prop or if my ESC can handle it, I'm going to try a 4S battery in there. Just drop like a 2200 4S or an 1800. There you go. Just to see, you know, how it uh, how it handles a little more uh, thrust. Because I feel like um, 
it's very, I don't know, it feels kind of similar to like the Vigan, like as far as like the floatiness. Um, the one thing I got to say, which shocked the hell out of me is the, uh, stall characteristics. Yeah, it does. It doesn't stall. Yeah. I don't that know how you, really cool how you design this plane, which we'll go over later on, but how you design it to stall like flat and just fall. It never like nose down hard or like fell backwards or anything like that. It just, you know, it would, you would see it slow down and it would just gradually come down flat. Like, you know, just perfectly parallel with the ground. It was the weirdest thing. I've, <laughs> I've never had a plane like that. Like most of my planes kind of, you know, float a little bit and get a little, the wings start to rock a little and then it tips over to one side. No, nothing. Which makes it really great for an FBV plane because if you back out the throttle, it just descends. It doesn't do anything wonky. It doesn't tip a wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I definitely give you props for that. It, Thank you. That was, it blew my mind. Um, so yeah, I just, I just want to up the speed a little and I mean, it's a great bird. Like, I don't think I had, um, any troubles with it rolling or inverted. Um, I rolled pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. On high rates, it rolled pretty quick. I definitely noticed that, um, well, since I didn't really, like, I didn't finish watching your video, Kevin. So I just kind of was like, (laughs) all right, the plane's done, you know? Like, even the hatch, I didn't know how to put the hatch together, so I, I kind of did two popsicle sticks in the front, and then I made a little latching system in the back with a popsicle stick and a, and a barbecue skewer and some hot glue, so I could, like, put the hatch down and then turn a screw, and it'll it'll latch the back. There you go. Um, so I was like, you know, I don't know the throws. 60, 80, 100, 30% expo around the board, you know? So I found myself flying at full... 100% on the ailerons and about 80% on the elevator and with 30% expo and that seemed to uh, that seemed to be really comfortable um, we'll see once I kind of turn up the speed if um, I'm gonna need a little bit you know maybe less throws so so it won't be so pitchy or anything um, but yeah planes awesome um, I kind of like the bank and yang planes I'm a I like to fly bank and yang for most of my stuff um, so it's nice to just kind of that's my only options you know <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was a great plane, great maiden. Thank you, thank you. Um, I did uh, fly the Bushwhacker with Kevin, and we did a little kind of, you know, not a coordinated flying, but just kind of fly together with our both our Bushwhackers. Um, I was coming around to do a touch and go on the grass, and I kind of slammed in the ground and ended up pushing the landing gears, folding back upwards. Um, at the end of the, that video that I posted on YouTube, which I'll link in the show notes, I think it looks really cool. Maybe one of these days I'll I'll make like a retract high speed version. Maybe like you know take the wing and make a little bit low, lower profile and put a you know even bigger motor on that thing and just kind of put a 4S and just see how fast this high wing plane can go. But uh, but yeah, maybe make a little retract system for the uh, landing gears to fold back and tuck itself you know next to the fuselage. But uh, yeah, we'll see. You gonna <laughs> chop the windows in it? Is that what you're gonna? Though. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm gonna chop the top <laughs> off, you know. <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, so so let's roll into our next top, our main topic here. Um, it's called the designer series for a reason, and it's why we have Kevin on here. We want to kind of get into the mind of a designer and builder. Kevin, how did you come up with the idea for the rated? Uh, actually, it's a copy uh, of a copy that didn't turn into that plane. Okay. Um, if you watch, if you're familiar with the, the crash cast, uh, Lane Stair has the CUDA, and if you're keeping up with it, a fellow by the name of Lee Chamberlain made a 
a Dollar Tree foam board version of the CUDA. Okay. And when I approached him and asked him about uh, plans for it, he didn't have any. Uh, he had merely said that he took the uh, FT uh, Verso wing planes and turned them or wings and turned them around. Oh, okay. So, so instead of sweeping back, they're sweeping forward, and right. build and build a fuselage, and that was close enough. So I doodle on SketchUp. So while I'm doodling in SketchUp, and I've got these wings turned around and the fuselage built, the plane is screaming, "I need ailerons." You got to put aileron or canards. You got to put canards on me. Mm -hmm. I got to have canards. Uh, and actually, I went to college uh, in Pittsburgh uh, for avionics. And oh, cool. the airport right next to us had a, uh, a Beechwood Starcraft or a Starship. And it's a uh, production made uh, rear wing canard plane. Mm -hmm. And I always thought how neat that was. And I'd always wanted, I've been toying with the idea of building one for a long time. And I was really hoping that uh, Flight Test would come out with the Shinden because they right. talked about it and talked about it. And I, I still don't, haven't heard if yeah. that plane's done or it's still know coming. What happened to that? I don't yeah. know. And I don't want to say that I, I just gave up on them and built my own. But in the process of doodling and coming up with that, uh, it, it was born. Nice. And uh, at first it was just a concept. Uh, you know, I, it, it was like if you take – Everything unconventional you know about aircraft and throw it in a box and shake it up and dump it out, <laughs> that's, what, that's what you ended up with. <laughs> a a forward-swept plane with canards. With a pusher. Like... A pusher, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and, and the new version's got uh, twin vertical stabilizers that are, that are pitched to 60 degrees. But yeah, um, so I, I had a, I, once I had a done a SketchUp, I, I've got a CNC machine that I built. So I cut it out on my CNC machine and I put it together. And I thought, I've got to go try this. So I took it down the ball field, and I threw it in the air. And to my amazement, it flew amazing. Wow, on your first uh, try. On the first try, it was – Wow. I uh, was – you know, they, FT guys talk about happy accidents. This was a happy accident, no doubt about it. Uh, it I had about a five- or six-minute flight on it, and I folded the wing. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the uh, original version, the servos were in the fuselage. Mm -hmm. So if the servos are in the fuselage and you fold the wing, your elevators don't work anymore. Okay. You, okay. Right. You can't. So it just it just it came to the ground. So uh, that was the first prototype. The second prototype uh, is actually on YouTube. It's the yellow and green plane. Okay. Uh, yeah. And the stripes, that, right? Yeah, and that is the actual the second. That's the flight after the maiden. Wow. Yeah. I just uh, I give my my son the camera and I said, hey, record this, and it took off. And, uh, you know, it flew real slow, real nice. It was, it was controllable. You can, if it's about to fall out of the sky, it's got enough rudder or enough uh, elevon authority that you can control it. Mm -hmm. You can steer it. You can go up and down with it. It, it flies well at high speeds. So I tried a, a loop with it, and it made a loop real good. And uh, the original, the canards were pitched up at four degrees, and I rolled it over inverted. And I thought, there's no way this will fly inverted. It's going to go to the ground. Right. And it flew, it flew inverted. Oh, cool. Nice. Uh, but like everything else, I can't leave that alone, right? So you gotta mm -hmm. you got to keep trying to build a better mousetrap. So the, the version 2 had a little uh, CG problem. I couldn't get enough weight forward. Uh, so I actually lengthened the, the fuselage. And then that created its own problems because now you create a weak, weak spot. So I had to beef up the fuselage. Mm -hmm. And then when I released version 3 on the flight test article... 
and I was real happy with version three, but it still had some things that, that, uh, it needed. Um, if you're just because it's such, it has such long fuselage on it and you got to put the motor on one of the plane and the battery on the other in the plane, right? You've either got to put, uh, motor extensions on or a battery extension on mm-hmm. or both. And if you're using bullet connectors, if you, even if you hit the grass too hard landing, the, the weight of the cables will pull the bullet connectors apart. And now you get a motor that's disconnected inside of a, a foam box that's glued together. Okay. And, yeah. I, and, and the only way to fix that is to cut a hole inside of it and then glue it back together. And I thought, this thing needs a hatch. It's got to have a hatch in the back so you can get through the electronics. You know? Yeah. Um, so version 4 has, got, has it's got a hatch in the back. And I really fought with that for a while to... How am I gonna? What am I gonna do with the vertical stabilizer? Right. And then I thought, well, can I put two of them and pitch them out a little bit? And then, then I fought with that for a while because the back of the rain is actually tapered back to the motor. Right. And if you put them there, then the vertical stabilizers are tapered also, and then they act like elevators. Mm-hmm. And at high speeds, the nose comes up. So that's why they're mounted forward on the flat part of the, the fuselage. Right. Okay. The other problem version three had was. When you made the wing, the top and bottom halves is in two pieces. Mm-hmm. And you had, you had to line them up and tape them together and fold them over like the Versa wing does. Mm-hmm. The problem is that I put a fuselage down the middle. So sometimes I, I probably built 30 of these in the course of building and flying and crashing and trying and trying this and flying that. The problem I always had was sometimes you hit the mark, sometimes you were wide, and sometimes you were narrow. Okay. So at, at version four, the wing is not is five percent smaller. That's as big as I can make it and get it on one sheet of foam. Right. That okay. way, that that fold is in there, and there's no alignment now. It's there. Right. Right. So now your when your fuselage alignment's always right. Huh, cool. Yeah, because I was gonna go into like asking you like how do you do your testing and development of this plane? Because like you say, you're on your version four now, and like you know, at what point do you feel like version four is complete or do you keep on making changes and moving forward you know i usually end up with a box full of ideas uh during the flight of a particular version uh the version three we flew and i say we because tom flew it and i flew it and uh i actually have a uh a bunch of people who are building them and flying them uh watching them fly and watching their characteristics and what they do and, and where they fail and what you know, what they lack, you end mm-hmm. up with a box of ideas, and you have to incorporate all those ideas into the new design, and still keep the plane that plane, right? You know, um, and then it's just trial and error. You know, when you you make a top plate for the plane, it's got to fit, right? Mm-hmm. So you can we can work it out. And a lot of times, when you're using like a CAD program or a SketchUp program, whatever it is you're using, you can get right on, you know, perfect, but sometimes you don't carry a one or something when you're doing your math and you end up with something that's not quite right. And until right. you really, until you build it, you don't really know. You know? Mm-hmm. So talking about the CAD program or uh, SketchUp, uh, how do you, how does that work when you take a 3d model and actually break it up into being a plan, like something that you could laser cut or cut out or, or CNC in your, you know, what you do. So how, how do you, can you go through that process a little? I actually don't work in 3d until the end. Uh, I tend to think in two dimensions. Hmm. Uh, I know that a wing has a certain shape. Okay. Uh, and until 
until I build that wing, until I actually put the the wing spars and put the uh, camber on the top of the wing, I really don't know what it looks like. Uh, mm. Only that I know the shape of the wing. I know the underside of the wing. Uh, Raiden has uh, uh, under camber wingtips, and I know how much under camber I have and how much, you know, you, those are things that you can eyeball. Uh, as far as the fuselage, the bottom plate and the side plates, I, they're all in two dimensions. Right. You know, I, I know that I want a, a curvy front end, right? Mm-hmm. Like the FPV version has a, a big nose on it, like a Predator drone does. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of stole that idea from there. Uh, and I know that knew that I wanted a big sweeping curve on the front that tapered back into the fuselage. So you just draw that in two dimensions, knowing that you have to separate the bottom plate and the top plate by three sixteenths of an inch so that when you make your B-fold, there's room for the fold. Right. And you also have to add three sixteenths of an inch to the side plate because you lost it when you folded it mm-hmm. into the bottom of the, the, the fuselage. So basically, until you really cut it out and put it together, you don't really know exactly what it's going to look like. You just have a basic rough idea. After you build all the parts in SketchUp, you, uh-huh. can, pull, you can pull the parts into three dimensions and, oh, make, okay. and make all the parts separate and then rotate and move the parts and put them in place. And you can actually build the plane in three dimensions in virtual reality. Oh wow! Um, and you can, and it's it, it has a uh, it's called X-ray, so you can see through all the lines. Uh, and it does a a pretty good job of lining stuff up for you, so you can actually see the plane built before you you cut it. Oh, that's awesome! So you cut everything out of C on a CNC machine. Now, yeah. um, I know Kev has some questions about this. You want to take this portion? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm like really intrigued at the cnc machine was that a was that a kit or did you build that from scratch i built it from scratch but i, I can't take credit for it uh, if you go on youtube and you search cnc on a shoestring budget you'll find dave gatton and i think he's he's in the south i'm thinking georgia but i might be wrong and the cnc machine that he builds in that video is the cnc machine that i have and if you con if you contact Dave, he's more than happy to send you his plans. He's worked out all the details of all the sizes and whatever all the shapes are and all the hardware and mm-hmm. uh, there's a few things that that isn't in the video like how to hook step motors up and what size step motors to buy and that kind of stuff. Uh, and unfortunately, all that information isn't in one spot. It's like everything else, right? You got to right. kind of dig everywhere to find it. What would you guess the parts cost to do all together? I probably got somewhere in the neighborhood of thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars in my machine. Okay, not bad. I mean, yeah, uh, that's not too bad for. What's the build surface on that? The I the can cut. cut. I can cut twenty four by thirty three. Okay, so base a little bit bigger than foam board. That's nice. My actual, I, I built a vacuum table to uh, to hold the foam down while I cut it, and it's actually twenty twenty by thirty. Okay. Uh, which and it's it's. It's lined up in the center of the table, so that when I put the foam on that vacuum table and it's centered, that's the mm-hmm. center of my project. There's no guessing. Oh, nice. Now, is that like something you built yourself too? Is like yep. a DIY or? Yep, DIY. Wow. Yeah, it's got a uh, uh, piece of uh, uh, MDF, three quarter mm-hmm. uh, MDF with holes in it, slots and grooves, and then on the on the on one side, on the other side, it's got holes straight through. 
And then okay. you actually uh, fasten that to the CNC table. And through the bottom of the CNC table, you, you, you put a hole. And I've got a uh, one-horsepower shot back. Oh. With a, the hose just shoved in that hole. The hole was the right size to, to receive the, the hose on the shot back. And that's plenty enough suction to hold down whatever project you want. Even, oh, after awesome. cut, even after you cut the lines in it, it's enough suction to hold the plane down. Right, like the individual pieces. Wow. So how do you cut the, both sides of the paper? Like you, you obviously you can pierce the the top side and then down into the foam, but then there's that other piece of paper on the bottom side. Are your tolerances that close where you can cut that without cutting your table? There's actually a story. Uh, if we have time, I've got to give a shout out to my buddy Todd Optional. Todd um, Optional, I yeah, know yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah, in, that, he's in that '90s cover band, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> Yeah, thinking about penises or something. I love that. Detachable, <laughs> Detachable penis. penis. <laughs> yeah. Love that band. Yeah, he uh, he was in the same boat. We both built CNC machines at about the same time, and I have never met face to face. I've never met Todd. Uh, we have talked on the phone. We have do we do messenger all the time. Uh, for a long time, we were talking to each other every day. Uh, and the problem with Dollar Tree foam board is, for whatever reason. Nobody knew anything about milling it. Yeah. You know, a lot of the guys have been cutting airplanes on CNC machines for years and years and years, but they've been using blue fan fold and uh, foam and pink, like uh, pink panther foam and right. construction foam. You know, foam that doesn't have paper on it. Yeah. Uh, so when we started, it was really a, a struggle. And uh, I tell be honest with you, I was, I was really depressed because I, I had spent, you know, $1,300 or $1,400 on a CNC machine that I couldn't use. Uh, I couldn't use it for the purpose I intended to, because I always intended to cut planes out with it. Right. Uh, and we got on a site, uh, on a Facebook post, ta- uh, Todd and myself, asking questions, because somebody had, had made, yeah, it's easy, you just yada, 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 and yada, 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 and there you go, bada boom, you know. And it, for whatever reason, it wasn't that easy. Uh, so Todd and I got together, and so we said, hey, what are you doing? Well, I'm doing this, and this kind of works. Well, I'm doing this, and that kind of works. Uh, so together we figured it out. And it's not, it's not 100% perfect. It still has some problems. Uh, occasionally you'll, you'll gum the, the bit up, and it'll not cut the foam right, and, you'll have, and that piece will be scrap, and you'll have to start over. Uh, but basically we make two passes. Uh, we're using a bit that's 43 hundredths of an inch thick. It's carbide. And it's spent at 10,000 RPM. And the first cut is 70 thousandths of an inch thick. And you just cut through 70 thousandths of an inch. And the second cut is the rest of the way through. So it's sent, you're, you're, the RPMs is cutting the foam. And you, I, I laughed because you said you had a lot of dust on your table, yeah. Steve. You're, you want big chips. The bigger chips you can cut without filing the bit, the, the better it's cutting. But at the okay. same time, you, you've got the paper to worry about. Right. The, the paper is really an afterthought. If you cut one layer at a time, if you try to cut them both at the same time, it's it's a hot mess. Okay. So what what do you use for the cutting portion? Like the is it like a Dremel? Is it like what kind of rotary tools on the the actual head of the CNC? Uh, I'm using a port cable router. Oh, okay. Uh, I can put I got a three quarter inch bit that I can I actually run in it to to surface my table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have. You know, the beauty of a CNC machine, if anybody's thinking about building one and, and you haven't pulled a trigger on it yet, uh, I there's no, I can't think of any reason not to pull the trigger. I use it for so much stuff. Uh, I cut plywood with it. I cut MDF with it. I cut plastic uh-huh. with it. 
Uh, the only thing I haven't cut with yet is aluminum. Okay. I, I think I think it would cut aluminum. I just haven't haven't done it yet. Uh, my wife, uh, we have a vanity in our bathroom, and uh, the the drain leaked, and like everybody else's vanity, it's full of all kind of stuff, right? So you mm-hmm. you know, didn't notice it until it was too late, and it ruined the floor in that vanity. It was okay. just you know compressed cardboard anyway, yeah. Right. So she says, you either got to fix my vanity or we got to get a new one. So we got to look for a new one. And she can't find anything she likes, of course. Mm-hmm. So now I got to put a floor in it. So I go upstairs with my, my tape measure and my ruler and my uh, micrometers. And I can get a piece of paper. And in about 10 minutes of doodling on SketchUp and about 30 minutes of cutting, I had two pieces that fit in there perfect. Nice. Nice. Uh, you know, and it. It, it, it's not perfect. It takes time. It's it's a learning curve. There's there. Once you make a, you're going to crash the machine. There's no. It's like airplanes. You're going to crash it. It's just <laughs> going to happen. And yeah. it, it, hopefully you 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 don't destroy anything. It just but you know it, it. You break a bit or you, you run the project that you're cutting, but uh, you really don't hurt the machine. Uh, but you learn, and there are things you can do with it, and there are ways to approach things. So when you're cutting your first plane out with that. Uh you know, newly built CNC machine. How um, how many scraps of foam sheets did you have? <laughs> I go through a lot of foam. Yeah. I I uh, I tell you, I really struggled and struggled for a long time to cut a Vigan on it. Really. And the problem with the Vigan is the nose. Yeah. All of them cut lines are so close together. Yeah. And what happens is is when the paper when when the cut lines are that close together, there's not a lot of surface area for the paper to hang on to. So it rips and tears and it spins around the bit. Ah, okay. And jams oh, it up, right? And jams it up. And now the bit can't cut. So now you're shoving a bit covered in paper through foam and then it melts the foam. And now you've got a bit that's covered in burnt, melted plastic and it, it's a mess. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, you know, that bit you said it's spinning at 10,000 RPM. Like, does it ever heat up to the point where it actually ignites the paper or the no. foam? Or melts no, the foam? no, I've never had a catcher on fire. Wow. Okay. I, it never gets hot enough for that. Um, and how do you have it? Like, I'm guessing you have it somewhere in a workshop or a garage or something. Um, do you have to do a ventilation or anything like that? Or just the, the suction from the table kind of just gathers up all the little bits and pieces of uh, paper and foam? Actually, in my basement, I have a bathroom that was built uh, after the fact. The house, you know, the house is almost 100 years old and it didn't have uh, indoor plumbing in it back in the day. Okay. Uh, and in the basement, uh, my father actually a lot of years ago built a, a room off from the basement, off the back of the house, mm-hmm. and that's where they had their bathroom. Had a bathroom and a shower and a bathtub back there. And uh, of course, we don't use it now because uh, my wife believes the basement's the dungeon, and she's not coming down here. <laughs> uh, so uh, and it's an empty room with a door on it, uh, separate from the. I mean, it's attached to the house, but it's it's outside the house does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of on its own foundation off, yeah exactly off so the house, right? actually the cnc machine is set up in there which is handy because i can shut the door right and because it's not uh part of the house you can hear it run upstairs but it's not overly loud it's just mm-hmm. a constant hum because the loudest thing is the shop back running right well right the scene you'll hear the cnc the uh uh stepper motors wind up but they're not nearly as loud as the the vacuum Right. So let me ask Kevin a question. Um, yeah. Do you watch Ben Heck at all? You ever heard of that guy? Yeah. I've I've been a fan of his for a long time. He's designed his own CNC and 
3D printers okay. and stuff like okay. that. Okay, but so here's my problem. CNC machines are self-replicating. Uh, what that means is if you have a CNC machine, you can build a CNC machine pretty easily. Right. That's what the story I always say is the first thing CNC machine yeah. does so, is cut out another CNC machine. My CNC machine was cut out with hand tools. Wow. Yeah, circular saw. I, had, I got a table saw that I tried to use make all my straight cuts with, so everything would try to be lined right. up. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a jigsaw, a squirrel saw, uh, you know, a hand drill. I actually have a uh, – I don't have a drill press, but I have a – Sears and Roebuck used to sell them. Uh, actually, uh, 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 this one was given to me. It's made by Sears and Roebuck. It's made to hold a hand drill. Okay. And it's a, a drill press, but it's it's got a lot of slop in it. Uh, but it, it was accurate enough to get holes where I needed them, mm-hmm. m- mostly. Um, I have since recut the X uh, or the Y axis, or no, excuse me, the Z axis on the CNC machine, okay. uh, on the CNC machine and replaced it. I do need I do need to recut the gantry and everything else. And just I mean it's it, it's working fine now, but it is a, off a little bit. And what I've had to do is I've had to come back and plane the table, so that now the table is square with the gantry. Okay. Okay. Now the, the gantry is is not square with anything except the table now because it planed the table, so that makes all my projects square now. Right. So how much for uh, for you to cut me out all the parts for a CNC machine with your CNC machine? We're just gonna say that we we need <laughs> one of these badly. We can we even can, keep uh, it at my house. Yeah, we can, uh, we, we can come up with something. <laughs> nice. We can come up with something. If uh, if we work things out, maybe we can uh, maybe I'll shave you some shipping. Maybe we, we can bring it to to flight test this year or something. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Flight test is um. What's it? It's in August this year, though, right? It's yeah, like I think it's usual? fourth through the seventh, maybe. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, nice. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe it won't be so- soybeans this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the soybeans. Um. All right. So a lot of the software is open source, right? Is is it? Uh, is that where you got your yeah. stuff from? Like yeah, free I software? use. Uh, yeah, I use. Um, uh, Mach three to actually run the CNC machine. Uh, the CNC machine takes. Almost no horsepower. Uh, mine actually runs off a, an old Dell. It might be a Pentium 4 machine. Okay. It's, running, it's running XP. Uh, and I, I rescued it out of the dumpster at work. Nice. Now, how do you tie uh, that into the stepper motors then? Is there, is there an intermediate piece that, that goes in between? You come out of a, well. Probably USB to something, right? Well, USB is kind of, a, I don't want to call it new technology, but it, it it's. It's the newer technology. You're going to pay a little more for USB. Oh, okay. Uh, serial port. Okay. Which makes the old computers way better because I don't know if you can even buy a new computer with a serial port on it. No, you can't. Those DB9 serial port, you have to yeah. buy adapters, yeah. yeah. Put a card in or something. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a serial port out to a uh, uh, called a, a breakout uh, box. And there's two different, two different ways you can do it. You can buy an all-in-one, and that's what I have. It's got the... Uh, the interface card and the driver cards on the same board. Okay, yeah, I was gonna ask that. And yeah. uh, it's 36 volts DC, and I have a 36 volt power supply, and it runs each. It runs four stepper motors because my machine has four steppers. It has one on the Z, uh, one on the X, and two on the Y. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, and mine's way overpowered. It's <laughs> ridiculously overpowered. I've got huge stepper motors on it because when I bought them. I've been down that road where you just buy enough to get you by, and then a year mm-hmm. from now, it's not enough. Yeah. 
and I didn't want to be down that boat again. I thought, I, I, you know, there might be a day when I have a second CNC machine, and I definitely I do want to build a 3D uh, printer. I just haven't mm-hmm. got there yet, because uh, I'd probably build one scratch built. Uh, right. And I just haven't taken the time to do all the homework it takes to to do that. Um, but the steppers you were talking about. Are those uh, NEMA 17s or whatever they are? They, I did a little uh, bit of research, I think. NEMA right? 23s I'm using. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so they're, 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 big, they're like 425 ounces uh, ounce torque. They're, they're Yeah, they're, they're way more than I need. Wow. Um, so, the, so that's the one method, that everything's on the same board. The second way is the, an interface card that has uh, a driver for each stepper motor. Right. So it, it may have like... Uh, it, you come in on your parallel cable, and then it has four axes out. And then each axis has to have a driver module that is has a power supply and actually drives that motor. And then that motor is driven from there. And I, I don't know that there's one better than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually bought mine off of eBay. Uh, I needed a four-axis, and I bought a four-axis driver board. Uh, it's a T- Toshiba 6600, I think, and it works fine. I don't have a problem with it at all. It's actually covered in about a quarter inch of dust right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, plywood dust and, and plastic dust and, and foam. And it, right. it, it doesn't get hot. It, I mean, it works fine. It works great. Wow. Um, I was thinking about taking, I have, a, I have an old 3D printer. Um, and it has stepper motors and the interface and the, the motor controller and, and all the, the drivers and everything. And I was like, I wonder if I could make this either into another 3D printer uh, that's a little bit something newer and a little bit, you know, more updated. Or take the hardware and make it into like a small CNC cutter, you know. You could make a CNC cutter out of that pretty easy. And if you're just cutting foam, it doesn't take a lot of horsepower. Right. And, you know, so it's one of those, you know, MakerBot uh, thingomatics, like kind of the first kind of do-it-yourself, um, you know, put together, made out of wood. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really print with it anymore, and I'm figuring you're gonna need a spare room, though, dude. Oh, not even you a spare room. I'm you gonna need to buy a house. You can't cut that in your living room, man. I can't no, cut it in my you living can't. Room. No, you no. have to. You have to put in a big plastic bag. Maria, I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. We could keep yeah. it in my house. There you Touché. go. Yeah. In the garage, you guys Mine, can come over whenever you want. <laughs> mine's made out of three-quarter inch uh, plywood grade birch plywood. Okay. And it has uh, aluminum rails and V bearings. Mm. Do you ever have trouble with like the, the plywood warping? Not at all. Not at all. Now, birch is like uh, cabinet grade stuff, man. It's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay. it's good stuff. Nice. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll have to, uh, you know, pick your brain offline and, you know, see where you got all your kind of. Since you already did this, you know, you probably have, you know, a bookmark full of all these like links to everything. And I do, and and, and you know, and you know what, Todd Optional's machine is nothing like mine. Oh, really? His is an open and builds uh, machine, and okay. his is, and his is belt driven. Mm. Uh, his is at, his is cheaper than mine. I think he had six or seven hundred dollars in his machine. Wait, so what is what drives your uh, axes? Uh, screws. Oh, so they're okay. Those long rod screws. Okay. Yeah, it's like thread rod. Yeah. Yep, thread rod. So the problem, and and it would be nice to have Todd on here to talk <clears throat> back and forth about this. But mm-hmm. uh, the problem with the belt is there's a little bit of, I don't want to call it slop. Well, there's the belt stretch a little, right? Yeah, exactly. They give a little. Yeah. yeah. And the and the and the threaded rods are dead accurate mm-hmm. uh, my machine like i said i cut out a hand tools and it's accurate to 15 10 thousandths of an inch wow uh i know that because tom's a machinist okay 
and he came over with his, his Dow indicators, and we checked it out. Well, uh, when, you, when you set it up, too, you have to tell the machine, like, how many turns of your threaded rod equals an inch. Yeah, how many like steps. That, right? yeah. yeah, how many steps. And then, and then we did that. He actually put his Dow indicators on, on one of the axes, and I told him to move an inch. And it moved an inch in 15, 10 thousandths of an inch. Wow. And nice. uh, he he said, make it move back. And it moved back an inch in 15, 10 thousandths of an inch. Did, did, did not perfect. Right, right. So is there like end stops that you have to also like set in so that way none you, of the axes ever go too far? You can. You can put trips on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mine doesn't have that. Okay. Uh, usually, because my machine's bigger than I, than I cut. Right, so you'll on, never hit that. Mm-hmm. On purpose. Right, so I use SketchUp. Uh, getting back to SketchUp, mm-hmm. there's a plugin for SketchUp called SketchuCam, and SketchUp is a free program, and SketchuCam is a free program. Okay. Uh, I don't want to say there's a learning curve, but if you've never used that kind of thing, there's a learning curve. Yeah, I tried SketchUp. So, there's a learning curve. <laughs> well, the, th- the thing about SketchUp is that if you learn the shortcuts, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, like just about every key does something. Right. Uh, like an L draws a line. An A draws an arc. Mm-hmm. A C draws a circle. An M moves something. Q rotates something. Right. You know, and, and so if you're going to learn SketchUp, what I recommend is is to open SketchUp and draw a box. Mm-hmm. And then start pushing buttons to see what they do. Yeah. I love the little um, trainers tutorial thingy that like you pick a tool and it'll actually tell you what that tool does and how to manipulate objects with it yeah it's pretty cool my um i use sketchup for or i tried to use sketchup i should say for uh 3d printing design and one of the hardest things i found was um creating manifold designs Mm -hmm. things that are perfectly sealed um not have any gaps in or not be like one layer thin which at that point you know 3d printer can interpretate that to make it into the the g code to print it out so um i had some trouble with that especially when you start grouping not grouping things but when you're overlaying different like circles and squares and arts and, and you start push pulling and then you like end up breaking that solid piece into an empty space inside like it just kind of got all crazy for me so so no, I, there is definitely a learning curve, and 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 the more you use it, the the better you you get with it. Mm-hmm. I I don't I never would be able to design the raid without SketchUp. Yeah, they're just and the CNC machine to boot because like I said I've, I have cut so many of them I can I can cut a whole whole uh, raiding out in about an hour. Wow, nice. Yeah, that was the next thing I was going to ask you is how long does it usually take to cut something out since you're making a couple passes at things and you know I mean. How many sheets of foam was the rating? I think it was, it was three four, and right? a half. Four. It's the FPV version is four and a half. Four and a half. That's what it was. Okay. Um, so there's a, there's each there's a wing each sheet there's a each wing is a sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that sheet has the main wing and a canard and a spar on it. Yep. And that sheet takes ten minutes to cut. That's it. Wow. And and usually I can load the foam, turn the vacuum on. Load the program, push start, close the door, and walk away. And I oh. and I, I set a timer on my phone for ten minutes, and I come back to it at the end ten minutes. Wow! And, and it's done and parked. I I, I set it up to the park in mm-hmm. the back corner to get out of my way. The, the router. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the fuselage and the formers mm-hmm. take about twenty minutes to cut a piece. 
That's not bad, but I mean, the fuselage foam sheet was that was a lot of cuts. I mean, yeah, you know, a lot of back and forth, and yeah. it's all diagonally cut. So, you know, that's your your two axes is working, you know, in synchronous to to make those straight lines. You know, that's really and it's impressive. a lot. It, yeah, it's a lot of inches. If you ever pay anybody to do CNC work for you, they're gonna charge you by the inch. Okay. Whatever line they cut, if it's the curve or a straight line or what, they're gonna probably charge you by the inch. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, that and makes sense ridiculously expensive and and getting back to expensive if, if you're thinking about building a cnc machine and here's how i justify it it took me a year to build mine okay because i don't have a 1500 dollars in hobby money laying around to just right blow on a, on a cnc machine uh so actually i actually found uh, on youtube dave gatton uh cnc on a shoestring budget and he had a list of materials and every month i bought a hundred dollars worth of materials Okay. And in a year's time, I had a box of stuff ready to build a CNC machine. Nice. Wow. And uh, okay. and I justify it like this: if if you, I don't know what, I don't know what airplanes cost because I don't buy them, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know what 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 uh, quadcopters cost because I don't buy them. I, I cut them. <laughs> you know, I, I design them, I cut them. There are plenty of people online that are more than happy to share ideas and plans and mm -hmm. and different stuff with you. Uh, and anybody out there, anything that I have, ask. It's free. But uh, I actually got a really nice tricopter design that's made out of uh, HDPE. It's indestructible. Uh, but anyway, if you buy an airplane, and let's say, you, I don't know, what, how much is a, is a balsa kit airplane? $200? Yeah, probably $100, $200, depending on the size. I mean, you're talking about twelve, thirteen hundred. That's equal to like five airplanes. To, yeah, that would even like go to say three to four airplanes depending on like how nice they are whether they're balsa arfs or they're foamies and stuff like that so wait a minute what that means i spent <laughs> how much oh no God. i mean think oh. about like you Your know wife's not listening is she no i'm just i'm just almost <laughs> keeling over over here <laughs> i mean i don't know like i mean not the hobby king stuff i'm talking about like you know, when you buy like a yeah, you're roughly like two hundred dollars, even if it is a hobby king. Yeah, like two so three hundred dollars a plane. So let's say two hundred dollars, and if I've got fourteen hundred dollars in the machine, yeah. that's seven seven airplanes. Yeah, I have built way more than seven airplanes in the last last year. Now, way seven, more. Seven unique airplanes. Oh yeah, I've cut. And that's just airplanes, though. When you're talking about multi rotors, sure. you're you're even. Yeah. More oh expensive. yeah, I've got I've got multi rotor. Uh, Todd Optional's got a uh, a, a, a dead cat. Uh, nice. Out of plywood or uh, eighth inch plywood and uh, half inch by half inch square uh, dial booms. That's a real nice quadcopter. Well, uh, don't forget the you know kitchen vanity too. And the, the kitchen the vanity, bath, the bathroom yeah. vanity. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and you know, uh, and he he let me have the files for that, and I cut that on my CNC machine. And uh, Tom actually has one. I built one for Tom. Nice. Tom, Tom's flying one of them around. Uh, I've cut Raidens. I've cut. Uh, Spitfires. I've cut uh, Viggins. I've cut. Uh, for a long time, we were flying uh, a Ford swept uh, 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 Ivy Crazy uh, made it. It's the um, yeah. I, I know. Oh, what you're help me. About. It's mm -hmm. like a, a twin boom pusher. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was some kind of FPV craft he had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had yeah, a guy. Uh, we had a guy that we used to fly with. Build one of those. I think Chad. Chad built. Didn't that the one that Chad had? Um, I don't recall. Chad Maybe had that one with the Spectre. He called it a Spectre. Spectre, Spectre. yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I built a couple 60 inch Spectres. Wow. 60 inch wing Spectres. Wow. And uh, I cut them on the CNC machine. And uh, 
couple small versions of that twin boom stuff. Uh, I've got all the FT planes released in SketchUp now, and I can cut them all on my CNC machine. That was what I was going to ask you. So what do you what do you have to do to get that into um, a CNC? So the problem with SketchUp is it's a free program. It's a very powerful program, mm -hmm. and after you learn it, it can do a lot of things. The problem is it doesn't play well with anybody else. It doesn't import PDFs. Okay. It doesn't natively import uh, XDF files. You have to actually have a plugin for that. Right. Uh, so, I mean, there's ways to get around it. Uh, there's a program called Inkscape. Uh, it's a graphics program. And you can pull a PDF uh, design plans into Inkscape. Uh, not the tiled ones, the full-size ones. Right. And then convert that to a, to a DXF file. And with a plugin, you can you can drag that into SketchUp. Okay. And then you and then you still have to manipulate it a little bit, just kind of massage it a little bit, and then you can get all the parts and pieces you need to to cut whatever you need. One thing uh, the flight test has done here lately, they're letting uh, Dan do the plans mm -hmm. for him now. Have you yep. seen the new plans? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good. a it's a mess when you drag it into the, on a CNC machine. Well, there's all those like different guidelines yep. and yeah. See, before yeah. I just had lines. Mm-hmm. And I knew, and those lines meant something. Now he's got, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, if you're going to print them out on paper and tape them right. together, it's probably awesome. Oh, yeah, it's great for that. Uh, but pulling them into CNC stuff it makes it a little harder. You yeah. can do it. It mm -hmm. just takes a lot more time. you gotta, you got to redraw some stuff. Well, he added a lot of stuff that I felt was necessary. It was it was good for me because when, when you're building, like I just built the Explorer. Uh, I'm kind of halfway through that. And a lot of the notes that he had on there was like, oh, yeah, it would reference this. And while you're building, you're like, oh, well, what is this? And there it is right there on the plans, what it is. And uh, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I do remember saying, oh, well, I don't have to watch a video because I know what this is. Sure, you know the plans. The, right, the right. double bevels compared to single bevel and all yeah. that stuff. One thing I did like that I can definitely see being a pain in the butt with uh, importing that with CNCs, it's those little blue, you know, guidelines to line up everything um when you're cutting it out or like when you're you know stitching them together on a piece of paper it's great but i can see like if you take the big plan and try to do that that's just it's just all over the place well is that on the big well not i don't know if it's on the the, the single whatever the what, what do you mean like the blue marks they use for like servo alignment and that kind of stuff not servo alignment per se but um when you do the tiled version there's basically on each corner there's this like you know quarter circle radius type of deal so you could line it up with the yeah next. you know what uh, and there's also one in in the middle part of every edge so I that built, way you can line that up too i i can't tell you how many airplanes i have built and flown and crashed over the last five years uh it's got to be over 100 125 airplanes easily different kinds of wow. just flight test airplanes mm -hmm. planes off of off of uh, rc groups um, planes i've designed just by having a ruler on a table and a, and a knife you know, Wait, wow. Uh, so you're doing basically what everybody else is doing, except you're doing it at such a higher rate. Like, uh, yeah, you know, oh, like yeah. I, because I, I can spend airplane out stuff an hour. Out, right. And then you're out there like later that day trying it out or, you know, later that that weekend trying it out. Uh, I was cutting. I was ma making uh, uh, cloverleaf antennas. OK, and I, I needed. They are what 120 degrees apart. The elements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, depending on which one, a three or four lobe, but yeah. I needed a circle with lines 120 degrees apart to line up to make an antenna. Mm -hmm. And literally in two minutes in SketchUp, I drew it and cut it out, and I had it in my hand. Nice. That's awesome, man. 
Yeah, I mean, it's so it seems like, you know, what for say, you know, myself, okay, you know, I print out the plans, I take one night to stitch them together, I take another night to actually cut them out and put them on foam board, and then the third night is when you actually start building. Well, no, that's when I'm actually cutting it out. Oh, you're cutting them out, yeah. And then a fourth night is when I start gluing. So let me ask you this. So you're saving a fifth of time. When you stitch together the PDF plans, mm-hmm. do you ever have the lines not line up right? Sure, all the time, yeah. That drove me crazy. I realize that it's not enough difference to affect the way the plane flies that much, mm-hmm. but it, it just, it, I don't know, I uh, maybe I have OCD, but it got under my skin. <laughs> sure. And uh, I tell you, the only one that I ever built that lined up perfectly was uh, uh, Lucas Weekly's uh, uh, Maker Trainer. Okay. Uh, if you if you haven't tried that plane, try it. It's, it's a very nice pusher plane. Uh, no, I haven't but, tried that. Yeah. yeah, it's a very nice, very nice pusher plane. Uh, it it, it need, the fuse, the fuselage needs to be a tad longer to get the battery forward because it has a, a I don't call it a CG problem, but it really needs more weight for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a it's it's a really nice pusher plane. Uh, and if you're if you're if you're already done the the, the trainer deal and you're looking for something mm-hmm. better, see that's the thing we ran into. We were always looking for the best plane. Yeah. Right? There's got to be a plane out there that just flies amazingly, and it's got all the options and features that you would like to have. And one of the things is a pusher, because if you nose it in, you don't mess the motor up, you don't break the prop, right? You don't bend the motor shaft, right? You know. So, but I'm taping PDFs together, and I'm and they're not lining up. And I know, you know, I know that it's not that far off, and you kind of, kind of, kind of guess where the line ought to be. Yeah. And and, and, and sometimes you take a pencil and you kind of. Make the arc so you, the, the, the two lines, you're really taking the average at that point. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I never really had any luck reusing my PDF file after I had them stitched together. Oh, no. Uh, there's uh, one time use. Yeah. Well, I could get two or three of them because I didn't. I would tape them down with, with scotch tape mm-hmm. and then cut. Actually use them to cut right on top of and then I could. But after a couple, two or three uses, you'd have to do it again. Yeah, I could never get more than one use because once, as soon as you start cutting like the, you know, the fifty percent score cuts, it's it's just a bunch of yep. little pieces. Now, see what I started doing that. years ago was I started printing them out onto cardstock and mm-hmm. I'll tape I'll tape them together with the actual packing tape that we use, which reinforces everything, and then I'll cut everything out on the lines using a ruler and whatever, and then when I go to actually put it onto the foam, I trace it out. How long does it take you to do that? <laughs> A good good while. <laughs> I can yeah. cut a plane out in an hour. Yeah. And then what I'll do is that what I'll do, Kev, is I'll uh, I'll push pins through on the the locations that need to be cut, like on the inside, and then I just use the plans to reference that, and you know, use my ruler and cut stuff out. And, I mean, I I definitely don't have the area for something like a CNC. I I wish I did, but that's been actually working for me really well, using the cardstock and the and the packing tape. Um, to where I can use the plants over and over again, you know? Yeah. I like Jeff's idea. You know, if, if you guys are buddies and you're all close, you could all <laughs> go a third on on the thing. Yeah. The yeah. damn thing, yeah. you know what I mean? And you'd have, oh, what, $400 in it? A person? That's yeah. nothing. That's not bad at all. That's you know, and then, yeah. and, and then you could cut. Especially if we're keeping it at my house. That's even cut <laughs> What, what, see, even better if it's, it's at Jeff's house because yeah. you can call him, hey, Jeff, cut me this plane. And now he's yeah. on the hook to cut you this plane. <laughs> While you're home sitting, drinking beer, watching TV, he's in the shop cutting like planes it. out. You know I what like I mean? Sold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Jeff and Kevin are kind of 
Kevin, yeah, Kevin, Jeff are pretty close together. I'm a little bit away, but you know that's fine. I mean, I meet up with these guys pretty much every weekend anyway. So, right, and it's like Tom. Tom has. I used to cut planes out and not put tabs in them, mm-hmm. and then put them in like a kitchen kitchen trash bag. Okay. And and Tom would always make fun of me. He called it a bag of plane. <laughs> well, he's got three or four bag of planes in his house that he hasn't even built yet. Really. Yeah, because wow. I don't, I don't worry. He he's not very fast build for whatever reason. So I try to help him out mm-hmm. when I can and do the the you know, the hard work for him. But uh, now I'm putting. You notice that your uh, mm-hmm. your your rain was tabbed and it, it stayed yeah. in the foam. Um, for the most part, there's a couple pieces that like easily broke away, and there's yeah. a couple pieces that had more tabs. So I had to I just basically pull around the edges and it just popped out. Yeah, I, I've been doing it now because I've been shipping them the way I ship it to you. Because before I was putting them in a box mm, okay and that's makes it a little tougher to try to jam all that stuff in a box well it's tougher and it's probably more expensive because you have all that like airspace inside right like the empty space inside the box is basically yep. the dimension of the box has to be so much bigger you know yeah you I, 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 I i i hope from nobody from the post office is listening but uh i actually got uh priority boxes Prior shipping boxes from the post office. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have one that's called a uh, the gamer uh, one? board game one. Yeah, yep. and it's a flat rate box. Costs you seventeen fifty to ship it. Mm-hmm. No matter what's in it, costs you seventeen fifty to ship it. You know, and that's the problem when I get online and I buy something. If I, you know, if I buy something from Hobby King or Flight Test or anybody else, there's, you know, there's still ten dollars worth of shipping on it. Yeah, you think you're getting this great deal and your bill still hundred bucks because you got ten or twenty dollars worth of shipping in it. Yeah. I always and, include the shipping. I always like price everything with the shipping for me to to know then, if it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and so I haven't cut out a lot of planes for people, but the ones I have cut, I'm not looking to make. You know, I don't make hardly any money on an airplane when I cut one. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm trying. I do it because I want people to enjoy the plane. Right. What I really like to see, I really like to see flight test take it as this is a community build. My raid. I I would. Think now, that's a great plan for them to do. Now, whether or not they will or, or not, I don't know, but uh, uh, that's what I would really like to do. Uh, but anyway, uh, once you, you know, I have about five, five or six stars worth of material in the plane. Time, mm-hmm. time you figure the, the sheets of foam and, and the, the linkages and and the, the motor uh, plate and all that stuff. All right. And then if it takes me an hour to cut one out, what's an hour of your time worth? You asking me? Yeah. No, I- I hear uh, you, man. Yeah, it's becoming rapidly more and more expensive. Yeah. I, right. I don't. I think if I can't make twenty dollars on, on, on turning a machine on for an hour, mm-hmm. then it's not worth my time. Okay. Now, now, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe that's maybe I'm being a Scrooge. I don't know. You know, because I used fair to, enough. I used to think the same thing before I started cutting planes out myself. I used to think about flight testing. When you buy one of their planes, it's, it's like thirty bucks plus shipping. Yeah, and I'm thinking, dear Lord, you only got like three or four dollars in the airplane. Why is it so much? You know, yeah. really. And I realize that, that that that's their support. They've monetized it so that so that they financially can survive. I get it. Yeah, those laser curtains aren't cheap. No, yeah. not at all. And and they got a lot of people on staff. Mm-hmm. You know, like it or not, and they put out a great product. They, they really do. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, you're talking about thirty dollars for an airplane that's <clears throat> five or six dollars with material in. Right. But on the flip side, on my side of it, now that I'm I'm selling a few kits here and there and everywhere, uh, it, if I can't make twenty dollars on it, it's not worth it to me to cut it out. Okay. And then I look, I, I try to look at it from the other side, from the guy that that can get the free plans offline, 
mm-hmm. and cut them out himself. Would I pay somebody $20 so that I wouldn't have to cut, print the plans out, cut all the corners off of them, tape them all together, cut yeah. them out big enough to get on a sheet of foam, try to nest them all on a sheet of foam and cut them all out, cut all the mm-hmm. pieces out by hand with a razor, and then put them together? Yeah. I'd, probably, I'd probably give you 40 or $50 to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's a pain in the butt. I did that 200% uh, FT Mustang, and I had 120 printed pieces of paper i had to cut the edges off and tape together and right, so, i probably would have paid you a hundred bucks to, to, to yeah to take nine right. sheets of foam for me and and cut it out yeah. right so and what did you have in ink and paper oh who even knows yeah you know maybe maybe a toner two cartridges and the, probably the another about, 20 bucks the thing about the the ft mustang that i can't un, i can't fathom taping stitching together is that you know how many like in that size how many blanks pieces of paper did you have? Because they just didn't have anything on it. Like, you know, like part of the wing. Like, there's no lines. There's no folds. So it's just a blank piece of paper. To you to yeah. Stitch that I, together. I've reused that. I've reused that as, like, you know, different parts, uh, you know, on smaller planes as mm-hmm. as turtle decks and whatever, note paper or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean. Hey, I just looked at it as, hey, there's one less piece I got to cut out. True. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got 200% uh, racer drawn up on SketchUp right now Ooh, nice. that uh, I was going to build this fall, but I just didn't get to it. Uh, I'll probably try to get it ready for Flight Fest. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm not, I can't guarantee it because I got so much stuff going on. I can't get it, mm-hmm. but I, I'd really like to have it ready for Flight Fest this year. Yeah, that would be uh, cool. Nice. Uh, but it'll be CNC machine cut. Wow. Racer, Mustang, Spitfire, 200% at Flight Fest. I know a guy who just would like to have 100% Racer ready for flight fest (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Uh, uh, (laughs) I'm working on it I'm working on it I wouldn't be surprised if he's sitting there right now like god damn these guys are gonna bring it up let me let me just sit here and start (laughs) pieces together right now I don't know why he doesn't build while he's on the podcast it's saving time that's a good point because then these guys would complain that they'd hear all this background noise and then I gotta hear about that yeah for sure yeah Yeah. need need a mute button Speaking of the racer, unfortunately, my pieces are curling up now. Yeah. Oh, so I'm going to have to start over. I've got a few kits that I bought from Flight Test that are still in bags and I just never got to. And I don't think they're any good. Damn. I, I think they, they they curled and the wing, the foam. That's so, the thing about you, the foam board, man. You guys said you talked about what you got for Christmas. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my, my. My mother-in-law, and she's a she's a wonderful woman. I really hit the lottery when I when I got her. She bought me a hundred dollar gift card to the Dollar Tree. <laughs> nice. So I've got I've got boxes of foam now that, that I've had. I've got out of the boxes and on a flat surface, and mm-hmm. a piece of plywood on top of that, and a weight on it. Oh, <laughs> keeping them flat. Nice. Gonna even when you, you know a lot of times when you get when you buy them by the box or even by the sheet, it's yeah. not flat. It's got a curve in it or a bow. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I have to like hand pick like the best, you know, 20 sheets yep. that I'm buying at the time. And yep. then, and then like I'll just grab one of the boxes, take everything out of there, put it in the box and just, won't, you know. Yeah. And then I go in behind you and get all the crap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm glad there's enough Dollar Trees around here that we can do that. <laughs> I usually don't even worry about it. I just grab whatever. Like if I grab 10 sheets and they're kind of little twisted up. I mean, the only thing that really screwed, screws you up on is the, elevator and the rudder you know yeah 
Yeah, because you're folding what, the wing over. And, yep, yep, and you're straightening it out. And when you build a fuselage, a B-fold or an A-fold, that fold is keeping it straight, too. Right, yeah, yeah. So I don't usually worry too much. And pr- with my flying, I'm usually going to wreck it pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's really not that big of a deal, but, I mean, I don't know. Especially, you know what I hate about the Dollar Tree foam board sometimes, and I think all foam board, um, all the cheaper I would say foam board is, is that they get like this waviness to it. I think that's just the way it's made. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it can help it, but like I know like the Elmers and like the more, the thicker, more robust, heavier ones. You know, they're pretty, pretty level, pretty flat. They stay like that. But I, I, I was talking to to Josh at Flight Test about mm-hmm. about the very same thing you're talking about right now about about foam board and 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 how it's not very true you know mm-hmm. and and he had made the comment that when they buy foam for flight test they have to buy a semi load of it at a time right and that he said when you buy it from the dollar tree you know they buy a semi load of it and then they disperse it through all the dollar trees and it might be sitting in a warehouse for six months mm-hmm. and who knows what kind of conditions it might be humid there it might be cold there mm-hmm. you know you don't yeah. know what you're getting you know so that the dollar tree foam board will definitely deteriorate over time yeah. So wait. So when he buys it by the the semi or the truckload or you know by the hundreds of pallets, they're perfect. Uh, it's it's better. He said it's better because they're getting fresher product. Ah, uh, and okay, I see what you mean. So they don't sit in a warehouse. Yeah. And, you know, go on and, another truck and yeah, okay. And that then makes he, sense. he he was telling me that they got some kind of because they're they're calling it the flight test foam now. Mm-hmm. They're they're getting it directly from Adams board or whatever. Yeah. That they've increase the tolerances on it it's 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 supposed to be better stuff uh uh, did you guys pick up any of it at at flight test this year i didn't pick up the foam board but i did pick up a couple of planes and um i can notice the difference i thought it was the same yeah because i know the which one was it uh i mean i because it was wet out you know it rained so much and yeah and like when i was flying um what did i build from them it was the uh the Versa wing, the Versa wing, yeah, the Versa wing that I bought there, um, and the Vigan I bought there from there. But um, the Versa wing, I built that pedal with these in there, wanted to do some night flying, and I think like I flew it once, and basically it was all wet <laughs> when it came down. Well, <laughs> that field after, yeah. after dark got just so humid. I mean, it's a farm, yeah. it's farmland. The water's right. like the humidity's coming up from the ground, I think, or how yeah. it, I don't know how that works. But I kept, mean, yeah. I kept, I wanted to ask you about your uh, your lights on your. Uh, I can't remember what plane you had on. Was it a, a Versa? It was Versa, Versa, yeah. And you have a uh, uh, what a Raspberry on that running that or? It was an Arduino. It was Arduino. a real the smaller one, the Nano. Yeah. I mean, I know they make a tiny, which is just an eight-pin chip, but uh, I didn't think I had the. You, you would need an expansion-like chip to break it out digitally for, so it, it worked better off the the Nano. We've been buying LEDs from eBay. Uh, usually, you can get fifteen foot of them for six or seven bucks. And, and yeah, any color you want. I think I got, I got everything from Hobby King on on that. That was just, you know, red, white, blue, um, and then the multicolored strand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd, I'd really like to try the Adafruit ones because I know those are those are. Um, it's funny when when Wayne was originally talking about um, those lights, he was like, "Well, he didn't have digital ones on there. He had." He had um, just regular LEDs. It cracks me are, up. Are, are those the programmable ones? No, that's that's what he should have said. Yeah, is what I was getting at. Yeah, he because uh, LEDs are all LEDs are digital. 
Um, but yeah, yeah the, they're right. they're the programmable ones are addressable. I think you can you can address each one. It's like a yeah, you can setup. run them in series and and then address each uh, each pixel itself, and not even because they're called Neo pixels for the Adafruit ones, and you yeah. can actually address the color and the pixel on each one that's all in a series so you don't actually have to run individual you know wires to it or anything like that from the so, controller so what we ran into this fall and we haven't got to play with it yet because the weather went bad but uh before when we bought uh, rbg leds mm-hmm. it was uh, an led strip that had like a red led and then you know, half an inch later it had a green led and then half an inch later it had a blue led mm-hmm. and if you you could turn them on separately but do you only use like a third of the leds yeah. Well, the RGB LEDs you get that you can buy now are all those colors in the same LED. Mm-hmm. And you have like the four wires for right. shadow yep. points. So, mm-hmm. so Tom f- found a, a controller for them on eBay. You have 20 different colors and 20 different uh, 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 programs that can run through mm-hmm. for for a dollar five a piece. Oh wow! Oh wow! That's pretty cheap. That's good. Yeah. So nice. we're gonna, we're gonna try some of that, and they're real small. They're probably five or six grams i know you can pulse with the signal i don't want to get too technical but you can pulse with the signal for each each red green blue um from the arduino and that's how you can get you can get uh, whatever it is how many ever colors you know whatever your step is you can probably get you know two million different colors or whatever it is nice. uh if if you digitally did that did you ever mess with the flight controllers that were multi-wii before the no, the Nase Thirty Two. I did uh, the Flip One Point Five is what I was. I still use on my um, my uh, Alexa. Okay, so that's still pretty much a Nase. Yeah, <laughs> Nase based. Yeah, yeah, but did it, are you using the like? I don't know. I can't. I don't really know what a Arduino programming is. But in the old Flip One Five before you you could put the uh, Clean Flight on or whatever else, mm-hmm. you could set it up, but you'd have to put like dashes or hashtags before. The command and that, and that yeah would, yeah that's like basic uh machine is that the same code. is that is that the same thing in your mm-hmm. arduino yeah you know i've i found out through just with the career i was in with programming fire alarms um you start out with a white sheet of paper it's just the same it's not the exact same you don't use the exact same characters but there are uh a lot of similarities between the programming and i, I don't know if it's c language i don't know c language at all i have, I have no clue but uh okay. yeah i know that there was a lot of similarities yeah um, and I don't know. I started off you know, basic programming with basic computers back in the uh, '80s, before um, before you were born, Steve. <laughs> that wasn't before I was born. I'm not that young. Is that when you had to manually address IRQ? That's when you had to put the TV on three and plug in your computer, dude. That's, that's, I mean, <laughs> and we're saving I, your and, programs and, to it. And, and, and flip and flip the UHF uh, switch in the yeah, back. UHF, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, so uh, let's get moving on on uh, some other topics here. Uh, I want to move into crash stories. I feel like uh, we're kind of getting along on this podcast here already. Um, I don't know. I didn't really have a crash. I guess I crashed the FT Mini Guinea. I folded half of the wing in on one side, but I just tossed it back up and it flew fine. So I don't Dude, really consider that a crash. That thing was amazing. Like you did the skewers on the tail and the skewers under the wing, and it was like I thought it was going to be bulletproof, man. I was I was shocked when you. Well, you broke the tip kind of off. Yeah, just on like the, the third of the tip, which didn't have anything. Of course, you know, the weakest point broke. So, But, I mean, it was funny because I just put it back down and tossed it back in the air and it flew. So I don't really consider that much of a crash. But <laughs> No. Did anyone else have any crashes this week? Well, I had the Vigan kind of like 
I was messing around with that with the landing gear, and uh, I came in kind of hard twice and ripped the the rear wheels off. But that's they were only like taped on anyways, yeah. and you know I was just messing around with it. It was strange. It was like I know how to land land it without gear. Landing with gear should have been exactly the same, but mm-hmm. it was different. I don't know if that makes any sense. It was just I think I had way too much speed, and I know that thing can like carry her pretty good. And I was I think I was trying to do that the second time, and it still came in and ripped off. I think the cold might have had something to do with it too. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the cold, the tape's not going to hold that well in the cold, you know. Yeah, and it was hey, only spe- just to play around with, you know. Right. Speaking of, speaking of cold, you guys fly in the cold, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago, we were flying. I had a uh, a night plane. It was a tractor prop. It was like the Spectre, but it was a tractor prop. Okay. And it was all lit up green. Uh, and we have a, a maple tree. It's about fifteen foot high, and where we normally f- fly, and it's a happy little maple tree, and you forget it's there. <laughs> And it's dark, and I flew through it. It was about, about, I don't know, 35 or 40 degrees. Uh And when it came out of the other side of the the maple tree, it was about six pieces. Wow. All the the hot glue just let loose because it gets gets brittle when it gets that cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think all the modules were there. I could put it back together. It it was just disassembled. Oh, okay. (laughs) So it wasn't like my Viggen just getting a wing just ripped right off. Big tear down the wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like just a carbon spar still sticking out one side. Because <laughs> that didn't break. It was just, you know, sitting there ripped Yeah, off. but you're right. That's something I, I kind of wonder about when I'm flying these things in the in the cold weather. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is the hot glue, you know? Yeah. yeah. They don't hold very well. You know, especially when it's on paper. To paper. A, little tri- a, little, a little trick you can do. If you need to unglue something that's hot glued, mm-hmm. you get the, uh, the Freon air cans. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold, hold it upside down so that you yeah. get the Freon out of it. Mm-hmm. And... S- Spray the the glue joint and it'll snap right apart. Yeah, you really? can get your servos out that way. Yeah. Too, oh, I didn't know that. I've been hacking up my all my planes to get everything out, or like to replace the servo. I just cut it out with a Zacto knife. Wow. Just try that. So Jeff, I know Jeff almost crashed, but uh, I think he covered that. Yeah, uh, I'm. I got very lucky with the steerman. Um, I guess it was a little bit of skill too, but. Um... Oh, definitely with some skill because. If you weren't, if you didn't have that, you know, you would have definitely dumped it. It was yeah. sketchy at times, for sure. <laughs> like the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much <laughs> since, it, since it took off to the point when it hit the ground again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I, I got to put that video clips up. He, it was, I was impressed he didn't crash, to tell you the truth. And, and, I, and I had the conversation in my head. Um, I'm like, oh, you know, let me just fly it this way. You know, I'll figure it out when, when it comes down. You know what? Whatever, what the problem is, um, but then Kevin was next to me, and he was like, "Just get it down, get it down." Yeah, yeah. I've had that conversation, and that never ends well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, do we have any news? I got a little bit of news. I was just just because I know we started. This is something new we're doing. Is mm-hmm. you know, playing tellies and multi rows in the news. Just I was on I was on Hobby King's website, and um, this kind of ties into what. Kevin was saying earlier about shipping costs and stuff like that, man. Uh, I was on Hobby King's website about an hour before we started recording, and they have a Yak 54 3D. It's a balsa like uh, skeleton that's covered with EPP, and it's about almost 50 inches wingspan in the wingspan. Um, and it was $99 from overseas. So I'm like, oh man, I I, I added it to the cart. I added four servos. I already have a motor and ESC. Um, and I added a prop, and then when I went to 
see what my shipping was like. It was like a hundred and four dollars for oh boy. for shipping. For shipping, yeah. I think the lowest it would go down to was like sixty, and that was the Swiss Air like forty five day. Yeah, Swiss Swiss Post. Yeah, I really shouldn't say Air because it's probably on a boat for yeah. forty five days. Um, I've, I've the last time I bought something from Hobby King, the last time I bought something from Hobby King, the shipping for DHL was like two dollars cheaper than the Swiss Post, mm-hmm. and it got yeah. to my house in six days. Yeah. Yeah, I've had good luck with some of the smaller stuff, I guess, because yeah. this is so big and, and there's a little bit of weight to it. Right, so then right. I went to the East Coast Warehouse, and they didn't have the servos, and it wound, it was going to wind up being you know, close to 200 bucks for, for did, just did a you, plane. And, did you notice on the East Coast, the U.S. base uh, sites, the Hobby King sites, the prices are always inflated? Oh, yeah. It, it was, yeah, yeah, compared to what? That same plane was yeah. 135 instead of 99 Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of times, a lot, if you if you're not in a hurry to get it, a lot of times you're in the head to buy it overseas. Yeah, yeah, but I wasn't gonna pay that much for shipping. I was like, no, oh, that kind of yeah, kind of sucks. I mean, I if it was twenty bucks, maybe thirty, I I would I would have pulled the trigger. But I'm like, you know what? They'll hold off because I got a 3D printer. I want to try and get and put together. Huh. I think I'm gonna do that first. But that was that was the only thing new that I that I saw that caught my eye. And I don't know if that's gonna happen every week, but right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really have anything, but I do have a question for Kevin. Have you ever cut balsa? No, but I've, I've cut eighth-inch plywood. I'm, I mean, balsa is very fragile, especially um, you know, I'm trying to cut it with anything because it's, it has, you know, it has a grain to it, and and often, you know, when you try to make a cut against the grain, it tries to cut with the grain. But I'm curious if because there's there's a site where you can get all these like um, plans for balsa kits. I'm curious what it would take to get a balsa kit cut out with your CNC, if that's even possible. I'm sure it's possible. If, if I can cut foam, I should be able to cut I mean, balsa. This is, this is thinner. I'm talking about like eighth-inch, thick, very thin, very fragile balsa. Like, you know, I you guess just, you could probably cut it really slow. Yeah, you just slow it down if you if you mm-hmm. have a problem. I don't – I'm not – there's probably, a, you know, a few tries. And, and you wouldn't, right. of course, a try wouldn't be cut the whole plan. You'd cut on – you'd yeah, have a, a, piece. A, scrap, a scrap piece and try again. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that it would be – you could figure it out pretty easily because the harder the material, the better it cuts. Sure. Because you can get the chips away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't think balsa would be a problem at all because I've, I've cut two-by-fours and plywood and oak planks and uh, you know foam and all kind of stuff on it. It's That'd be cool. Steve wants this nice, fragile balsa plane so he could put a 4S in it. <laughs> That's what he wants. And then flight inverted to put off the ground. Yeah. Inverted. <laughs> oh man. I just you know, I was just thinking because I don't know. Like I have a balsa kit that I'm pending to build, but the problem is is I bought the kit without plan like I bought it off of eBay without uh, plans. And then I got the plans from Great Plains. It's a Great Plains um Piper J three club. Oh the club. Okay. But the problem is is that the plans don't meet match the plane I have. It's different in little key areas. So, like, I built, I started building a wing, and it's, at that point, I was just like, wait, this is all different. The plants have ailerons. My kit doesn't have ailerons. It's like, so <laughs> I started cutting ailerons in, and I started building it. But then when I got to the fuselage, there's a lot of the, the bulkheads were different. And at that point, it's going to be basically a custom build without any plants. Like, for me to, you know, just on the table, here's one bulkhead, here's the next. Let's start gluing some twigs together you know like so i've kind of halted on that build for the last year and a half now just because <laughs> of that 
you know. You abandoned it. You didn't hold on it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much abandoned. But I have it still there. It's underneath my work table. I look at the half wing and the, the built tail system. It's uh, the tail, you know, control surfaces and everything. Like I really should do something with it. And, and one of these days, I'm just gonna glue it together. I don't care how ugly it looks or if it'll fly. But you know, but yeah, but the problem is, is now I'm like, oh. I got this plane, you know, I'm, I'm cutting out this plane. I'm going to be doing an A-10. I'm do, like, I just have so many projects. Who knows when I'll get to it, you know? You know what? A CNC machine doesn't stop at a router. Uh, mm-hmm. The difference between a CNC machine and a laser cutter is the cutting tool. Cutting tool. Um, you also need to get rid of that, uh, the gases, right? I mean, that's one of the big things with that yeah, okay. laser so, is a little dangerous. So a little bit of ventilation, but yeah. uh, I know a lot of guys are – buying uh japanese uh laser tubes mm-hmm. and putting them on their cnc machines and they're cutting you know balsa or plywood or foam nice wow. i wonder if i could just take a little laser from a dvd and overwatt it and just <laughs> use no I, I, i've been <laughs> I, i've been down that route the, the biggest the biggest uh laser diode i can find is two watts okay and i haven't tried it but uh, you guys are familiar with um, Marshall at uh, 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 Mesa RC out in yeah I think it's yeah, called yeah. that with the kids mm-hmm. yep. uh, they had said one time they use a 45 watt laser okay. to cut foam boards so wow uh, a two watt I'm not saying you couldn't do it but it would be really slow yeah yeah um, all right so this kind of leads into you know what are we working on next what's uh what do we feel like building or Rebuilding. Or well, I have that making. radiant I have to build. Yeah. Can't wait to build that. I now have a Vigan to build. Nice. Um, I have... I still got the A-10. I, I, I taped it all up. I just have to cut out the pieces and, you know, put the puzzle together. There's not really much of a build plan or a video for it, so I'm just going to kind of wing it and see what happens. How about you, Kevin? You got anything uh, on your plate that you're going to... <laughs> build i got way too much stuff in the, in the fire <laughs> nice. i've got a i've got a hexacopter i gotta finish okay yeah you're talking about that uh-huh i've got a, a 250 graphite race quad that i actually traded for a couple raidens from jake wells out in uh california jake wells that name sounds familiar he's yeah. pretty active on uh yeah that's right yep 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 uh dark arm dark arm hobbies maybe can't remember he's the guy with the the tattoos right yep yeah he does the yeah, tattoos. yeah he does tattoos and i've seen his yeah. videos he's good that's yeah good he, yeah he actually i got i got i got him back in the fixed wing oh really oh nice yeah, he, he was flying quads forever mm-hmm. and i uh i asked him if he would like to do a uh a review on a raiden and i sent him a raiden and he built it uh and he loved it and nice. then, and he want he said i want to go faster yeah and i said well if I make the Raiden smaller, you could put a mini quad motor on it. So uh. Uh, I, for him, I designed a 30-inch Raiden, uh, and I've almost got it done. I'll, I'll be releasing it right after I release version four here shortly. Okay. Uh, but then he started. He put a Nash controller in it. Oh, really? <laughs> and a lot of and a lot of his videos are are with that that 30-inch Raiden with the Nash controller in it. Oh, nice. But he uh, he he burned up a. He, he puffed a, a 4S uh, battery in wow. a 30-inch Raiden. Jeez. Wow. Full throttle the whole time. But, yeah, I, I got I to throw throw a, a, 
him, him out there. I appreciate him. He, he approached me for that. He said, I, I've got some quads I've been building, and would you be interested in trading uh, a few Raidens? And I said, absolutely. So he sent me a hutch. I don't know if you guys are familiar with his design. It's a graphite 250-style uh, uh, race quad. Oh, um, yeah, I'm not familiar with that. I've got it built, but I don't have it finished yet. Okay. I've got uh, this Prime Jet I'm working on. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, I've got the plans for the EDF Raiden that I'm working on for the 70 inch EDF. Nice. Uh, oh. uh, That'll be 70 inch wingspan. Is that what you're or 70 or, millimeter? Excuse me, 70 millimeter EDF. Sorry. 70 okay. millimeter EDF. So if you got a Vigan power pack, you can put mm-hmm. that right 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 in it. I got a spare five bladed one. Uh, just needs an ESC, but I got the you know the motor I, and the blades. I've got I've got the design done. I need to build it and see what it looks like structurally. Right. Because where the nose meets the back half of the fuselage, it might, that might be a weak spot. I might have to to beef that up a little bit. Uh, I need to see. Uh, because where's, where's the, your air intake going to be on something like that? Just off to the side, off to each side. Each side, uh, right in front of the, the rear wing. Oh, okay. okay. That'll look badass, man. Yeah, yeah. Holy and shit. I, I, do, I don't have. I didn't make it with a. Uh, the Vigan has the uh, uh, for all the snow cone for all right intents and purposes. The c- cone he makes out of out of uh, mm-hmm. poster board. Yeah, the thrust I, tube. Yeah, yeah, the thrust tube. I didn't do that. I uh, actually, I, I and, and one of the nice things about designing airplanes is you can cheat, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, you can kind uh, of just do whatever you need to get well, to this. Well, David already did all the math for me. Mm-hmm. I'm using the same power plant. I know how big the intake has got to be. Mm-hmm. I know how how big the outlet's got to be. You know, I just mm-hmm. I, I engineer that in when I design it. The outlet is a square, not a circle, but it's the same area as the outlet on the Vigan. Can hmm. you shorten that tube up at all? Even though if you keep the same dimensions, like front and back, I don't see why not. Okay. I'm curious how that's going to work instead of having a tube to be a square exit because that's going to definitely cause a lot of turbulence on the exhaust port. You think? So that'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, because in all a that tube, air is moving in that tube, it doesn't have a choice but to go out. Yeah, but it goes out like kind of smoothly because it's it's forced and it actually compresses the air, kind of like I don't know, like a heat gun or whatever, like you know, kind of like a hair dryer. Like it kind of well, takes I've, it and compresses it. I've and, compressed it. I think the right. I think the output is eighty percent of of the EDF of the input. Okay. So uh, yeah, that's about the ratio he says is perfect for that. Actually, on the uh, the FT. Uh, he was on the last FT uh, podcast, mm-hmm. t- actually talking about it. Yeah, and and he had made the comment: is you don't make the inlets any bigger than the uh, the EDF because then you create drag. Right. So if you got seventy millimeters, you got to figure out this the square area of that circle, and mm-hmm. then that's all the bigger you make your inlets. Right, right. And it, wor- and it works out to like six inches. Huh. And then and then the output is eighty percent of that. Eighty percent, right? Oh, it'd be interesting. Definitely got to uh, keep an eye out when you start. Um, you know, definitely let us know how it's going. Um, I'm very interested in actually your 30% Raiden because that'd be perfect for Neff, I think. I need a small plane, you know, that's that's built, and I don't worry, I don't have to worry about crashing or anything. I tell you what, you bring the electrics, I'll bring your one. Definitely, we could do a build right there. Yep. You know, that's fine. Yeah, that sounds great. You want Duckerons? <sighs> See, that means I have, you have to put so many servos in. <laughs> I kind of like the two servo setup simplicity, you know? Uh, did you see my offset Duckerons? 
Yeah, yeah, those are that's, that's crazy. I can't even make sense of like how you do the mixing, how you do it, programming for that. It works. Yeah, yeah, you get you, so you get rudder out of it, right? You get yaw, yeah, yaw, yeah. It's 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 like putting your foot in the water when you're. I see. So you you're creating canoeing. a drag on one side yeah, to, exactly. to turn the yaw. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you know what? Yeah, let's try it. I got a couple of five gram servos and nine grams I could put in there. That should work. Cool. Um, all right, so let's see here. Jeff, I know you yes. got some uh, some things you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, like I talked to you guys this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be my last podcast for a little while. Um, life's just gotten in the way. Um, I also didn't realize how much effort goes into making quality podcasts. When we first started the the venture, I said, "Oh, sure, I can talk for an hour or two, mm-hmm. you know." But I didn't realize at all how much work goes into this uh, throughout the week preparing for each podcast. It it, it blows my mind the uh, the dedication that you guys have to this. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little break. Um, Hopefully you guys will welcome me on in the future, maybe as a as a guest. Oh, of a course, host. dude. The door yeah. is always open. Yeah, man. always. You you just tell us when you want to be on, what you want to talk about. It's no problem, of course. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, Unless it's, just... it's my uh, push rod in the boom, because I've heard enough about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. Or, or your age. Or my age. <laughs> Wow, I'll cut you deep, dude. <laughs> uh, I'll never hear enough about that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I definitely will listen to you guys. Um, I just, I can't keep up with the uh, the work involved. Yeah, um, I totally understand. But it, but it really gives me a new appreciation for um, what goes into these things. I just, it, it blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I I really didn't know getting into this how much time it is. You know, it's it's a lot of time, especially with I don't know with the social networking stuff. Kind of like you know, keeping up with the Facebook page and just keeping up with everything. And I, I was just I was just gonna say that because it would be a lot easier if we didn't have any fans. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have to edit or nothing. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but we got a whole list of people down here that we want to talk about, and uh, you know, we put in some work for these these guys. Yeah, I'm kind of happy that um, I'm not. Usually, when I take on a project like this, uh, man, I I'm I'm doing everything, like everything, and I'm so glad that you know, Steve would take part of the 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 facebook and the social networking side of things and with his background you know he, he knows what to do um you know i just got i was able to get a myspace page together and that was about it you know <laughs> myspace myspace <laughs> maybe some friendster yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man that's crazy yeah i mean but yeah i know what you're saying yeah. jeff i mean there, there's a lot that goes into it i, I mean you realize there there's almost a hundred text messages back and forth almost every day, every other day. Yeah. Um, not to mention the, the, the agenda that we're yeah. passing around here. Mm-hmm. 
it's just it's it's a lot more than I thought. And I just unfortunately with my work schedule, my commute and uh, some stuff going on in my personal life, I just I can't keep up. Yeah, no, totally understand. I mean, but like I said, you're you know, like we said, we are always welcome. You want to come on the show and just shoot the shit, you know, let me know. Let us know. Uh, we would love to have you back on, you know. We'll schedule you. Yeah, we'll schedule you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, I'm, you know I'm kidding, man. Pick, pick a number. Yeah. But, but we are, you know, probably about five shows ahead right now of booked right, right. talent right now. No, no, not at all. <laughs> all right, but, well, uh, I appreciate it, guys. Yes. Uh, so you. let's talk about some of these uh, listeners that we have. Yeah. Kevin, you want to take this? I don't yeah, know sure. Yeah. I was just going down uh, a few of the listeners we have uh, in new states. And, uh, well, you know what? I did the countries last time, and I really should do the states first, man, because we live in America. And uh, so we have some new listeners in Washington, Nebraska, Illinois, North Carolina, Iowa, Nevada, Viva Las Vegas, Nice. And, uh, Vermont and West Virginia. We have like West Virginia. We have one listener in West Virginia, one listener in Vermont. I may have in Ohio. Ohio, I'm not sure what the updated one is because I don't I'm looking it up right now. Just just me or what? No, no. <laughs> no, we had quite a few in Ohio. Um All right. So Ohio eighteen. Cool. Well that's well I don't know how that works. That's eighteen total plays it says. So yeah. Hmm. So around the world, we have um, probably three subscribers from there. I'm thinking we have about six episodes. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Around the world, we have uh, two listeners in the Republic of Moldova, which what I had to look that? at. Where is that at? Yeah. Where is that? That's um, in between the Ukraine and um, and another country, which I can't remember off the top of my head now. Okay. Hey, hello, it's, hello, guys, and uh, yeah, Moldova. Yeah. It's probably like the supreme commander of Moldova <laughs> into RC or something. And we have two listeners in Malaysia, nice. which is amazing, man. And That's awesome. It's just growing and growing. Like a lot of listeners in Sweden, which uh, I mentioned last time, but just blows me away, man. So how many listeners do you have total now? Well, we we um, the site that hosts our, our podcast only gives us um, plays. Yeah. yeah, feed it gives us feed hits, which is kind of like anytime somebody brings up the the web page with the player on it, which I, I is kind of erroneous to me. You know, we can't really. I thought it was that every time someone downloaded the feed, like downloaded the uh... the other well plays is is um, what I've been hmm. going by. I mean, I could be wrong. We're, we're still new at all this. Yeah, yeah, we're just trying to really work out the the metrics for this. But I mean, we have six hundred eighty one total plays. Cool. And that's with uh, six episodes. So I mean, you know, you I would just kind of cut it in half, like just average it out. It's probably about yeah, hundred like subscribers, hundred an episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, if these guys would get out and get on our flight test forum and our Facebook page, then we'd get a better idea of how many people are out there. Yeah, yeah we, we we got, got quite quite a bit of activity on the on the Facebook page, which is awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and I haven't looked at the flight test one. Um, um, aside from I, today, I, I yeah. looked at it real quick. Yeah, we got a couple people posted. Mm-hmm. Steve has started a you know a, a thread for each episode on there. So, you know, if you guys have any questions about like um, 
I heard this on the podcast. What's going on? Where can I get more information on it? You know, you can ask it there for sure. I mean, Flight Test is hooking us up with, um, you know, an outlet that we can, like, talk to the listeners on. So, Or you could just call Steve directly. His number is... Five five five. Oh man! Did you guys think about doing an article for every podcast? Uh, we have a so on Facebook. I'll I'll like after this done after we're done recording, I'm gonna put a post a little you know teaser about the episode. Then I do the official release on Friday. But on the the flight test forum, I've already backlogged all our episodes. So we have basically we'll be using that forum spot as where people can find um, the link to the iTunes link to get to the forum, to the podcast, I mean, but also any show notes that we have, any links that we want to put in or, or pictures we want to share out. So it'll pretty much reside in both locations until we, you know, figure out which, you know, means that we like the best as far as Facebook or forums, which we get more traction on. I know Fred's got a lot of work to do over there. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like he's single-handedly running everything behind the scenes. So <laughs> uh, I don't know how how quick our our articles would would get up there. And that's no uh, you know disrespect to him. I know he's, yeah. he's busy with everything. The guy's uh, answering questions, um, which got which would drive me out of my mind. I mean, not even that. I think um, I don't know. Just the time to write all these like in a really clean yeah. finish method yeah um that's that's just gonna take a lot of toll on us and you know we're all we all have day jobs obviously we all love to fly so you know those two are like our major time consumers so to add you know this plus more it'll it'll get difficult it'll definitely get challenging so and we'll i think see. as we as we get more listeners um you know i'd love to thank everyone personally man and have a drink with everyone personally yeah definitely for sure but uh you know, I don't know how how feasible that's going to be, you know, um, down the road. But um, as for right now, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll thank everybody, and including Mr. Wesley D. Pennypacker, who mentioned, uh, uh, who said something on the Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, you mentioned uh, on this podcast your wife's tolerance or lack of, uh-huh. of tolerance for the hobby. And, Did you guys uh, see that video that he posted? He said, um, "Check out his wife's wife sends indifference for my indoor FPV this weekend." No, I didn't get a chance to check it out. Oh, first of all, uh, Wesley, you're 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 a good flyer. Like you're a great flyer. I don't know how you. I I fly on Nano QS FPV. I can't fly half as smooth and quickly around things as you can. But um, I mean, there there are like at least three or four times I was like. Oh crap! You're gonna hit your wife. Oh crap! You're gonna hit your wife, and you know she didn't even bat an eye. She was just like, "Oh, there's the clock going again," or I think she was like reading or doing something, and just and, like total zen, like made no difference to her. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how. I mean, I fly by Nano QX as soon as it comes near, you know, my fiance, she starts freaking out because it's like I, I got a call in her on in her hair once. So after that, you know, it's just like. She thinks I'm just gonna crash into every time, so you know I don't really fly it anymore around <laughs> around the house. So yeah, I don't know. You got some skills there. <laughs> nice. I gotta check that video out, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. So I just want to give special thanks to Kevin for guest hosting and his his awesome plane. Um, you know. Yeah, thanks, Kev. Definitely. You know, you're you're 
moving a community forward. You're moving a hobby forward with this type of, you know, designing these planes and just kind of giving people, you know, an ulterior route of getting like planes that are cut out already and, and you know, it's not just flight test planes, you know. So this is really awesome stuff you're doing. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Uh, pr- thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity. Yeah. It was nice meeting you. Nice yes. meeting you, Jeff. And uh, I know, I know, Kevin, you mentioned, you know, you want to have a drink with uh, everyone, you know, all our listeners and stuff. You know, Kevin, uh, when we go out to NEF, let's definitely go out to dinner and, uh, you know, just hang out and shoot the shit together. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, um, I have a dream that one day we might be big enough to host our own fun fly somewhere and then we can really meet all our listeners and fans and and go uh, have a drink together and just, you know, just bullshit together and have a laugh. So, so yeah, I want to thank everyone on the Flight Test Forum for giving us some activity. Um, if you want to reach us, you can email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We also have the spot on the Flight Test Forum, so definitely feel free to post there or have any questions you know or suggestions definitely let us know we'll take all input uh you know we don't really have that many reviews on itunes so if you are an itunes listener uh hook us up give us a a review whether it's five star or no star just you know give us your input we just want to hear from everyone from the whole uh freefall rc podcast crew i want to thank you and uh, have a good night see you all next time see you guys see you thanks Good one.